When I say forward, it was just a different approach. I'm going to get mine. Yeah. I'm going to get my, whatever it is. If it's an extra sweater, you know, right. if it's a fucking Nike hat, whatever the fuck it is, I'm going to get something for me out of this because it appears, it appears that there's, there's more to this than just driving to work and keeping the peace. And hey, it's Matt Cox, and I'm going to be interviewing Mike Dowd. And Mike Dowd is a former New York City police officer. 75th Precinct. Uh, I just watched a documentary on him. It's a great documentary. We're going to put the link for the documentary. Might even do a little thing. It's on YouTube, so we can do a little thing right here. Bring you know, that little thing. Mm-hmm. And they can watch the documentary. And we're going to go over Mike's story. And that's it. Appreciate yeah. it. So, yeah. So, I'm happy to be here. My name is Mike Dowd. If, you, if you've seen the 75 documentary, documentary, you'll know a little bit about the story. And if you don't, check out the documentary. It's an interesting story about the 1980s basically in the New York City Police Department, the corruption during the crack epidemic that hit New York City. Right, yeah, it was. it's, it's a great documentary, it's a great story, but um, but anyway, so let's just start, so I'm just gonna go with what struck me about the whole story in general, is that you were what, like, like you were what, 19 or 20 or something? Well, like I, was, when you joined? I was 21 and like a week when I became a New York City cop. Right, but you went, what'd you do? You went to the, why? Police why, academy. Yeah, but why, why did you, did you always want to be a police no. officer? Or? No, it's just, so So I come from a long fan, long line of civil servants. My father was a uh, New York City firefighter. My grandfather was a New York City bus driver. My great-grandfather was a New York City cop for a week. So <laughs> back in the day when he, he said men sleep at night, so he right. refused to do a midnight shift. So, yeah, but so anyway, so, uh, the Irish civil servant uh, underbelly of New York City that was that was New York City in the in the probably from the 40s on up until now you know or, so I wouldn't say currently because it's more like Hispanic and African American uh, but uh, so every every ethnic group works their way through and, and, and usually it's the city jobs that uh, the politicians control and they end up being in whatever whatever ethnicity is in the city at the time right is becomes politically in charge and then politically in charge some patronage takes place and then for the for years uh the irish ran the police department in new york city right so which had nothing to do with the civil service hiring exams it's just that it was the it was the place to go for work right and so you so you so we went to the police academy in your 20s and then you're 21 years old right you get hired right away right you ended up in one of the worst. Well, the so yeah, so so I end I end I end up in the police academy, and uh, so I took the job because I needed to, I wanted to get laid, I wanted to get married. Of course, of course. I needed to, I, I needed to have a job. Yeah, your priorities, right? Yeah, I, 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 so yeah, so my my penis was my priority, pretty much still is, uh, and so I I needed to get a job, and 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 in order to get a, in order to get married back then, you needed to get a job. <laughs> I don't know about today, but back right. then you needed to have a job. And so uh, having a police job was, was was a career that would at least give you some stability, if you if you of course if you treated it that way. And um, so I took the job, uh, and then of course and when I, immediately after I took the job, the girl I was dating and engaged to said, "I'm not marrying a police officer. That's crazy." So I found myself basically after the police academy, semi broken up, single, crying and bitching and moaning that why you why don't you want to be with me type of thing, right? Which in the end, she was probably right the whole time. Right. <laughs> she made the right call. She made yeah. the right call, but I refused to accept that. Right. You know, because of my hard-headed uh, 20% stud muffin and 80% muffin or something <laughs> going through me. 
So, uh, so then you ended up, uh, what, so you met your wife at the time or a few years so, later? No, so I was dating her, went through the academy, we broke up, we got back together, broke up, she got pregnant, we got back together right. and got married. Yeah. So, so you, you started at the police, at the you, police academy. Yeah. Well, right. But I mean, then you were, you went to the, uh, 75th precinct, which is one of the most dangerous. Well, so, so I ended up in Queens first and as, okay. as a rookie. So I, so I cut my teeth as a rookie in Queens, walking the streets under, if anyone's familiar with Roosevelt Avenue, under the L. Junction Boulevard. It, it was back then. It was called Little Columbia because that was where the Colombians settled in and did all their cocaine distributions from. Right. Uh, it was was uh, was uh, Elmhurst, Jackson Heights, Corona, Queens, and that's when all the airports in New York were used as the main transport hubs for the cocaine from Colombia. So it was insane, right? But that was high end because. The Colombians were high end. They weren't street dealers. They were major, massive movers of cocaine. So I worked in a really pretty nice precinct, which is the 110 in Corona, Jackson Heights, Elmhurst, as a rookie. And then I learned a little bit about what was going on, but you didn't see street level activity because it was the guys that were moving tonnage. Right, right, right. right? And then after about a year or so of that time, I ended up getting transferred to the 7-5, and I thought I went to fucking hell. It's like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? Well, I saw that at that time, New York City was like the, what was it, like, like 35, 3,600 people were being murdered every yeah, year. Yeah, so, so everybody gets that number confused. But it, it was about 2,000 people were murdered a year, but probably on the, on the upward side of 20,000 is shot. For about every one person that dies, Eight to ten get shot, so you can imagine. Yeah, so you can. You got shot a little. Bit. Yeah, yeah. It's just no big deal. You just get shot. I was in prison. And the guy, somebody got <laughs> stabbed in the yard, and I said, yeah. hey, "Somebody got killed in the yard." And he goes, "No, he just got stabbed up a little yeah, bit." Yeah, just a little, just a little bit. How do you even say that? <laughs> yeah. That's how life. That's that was that was life. So anyway, so so here it was. I was a Long Island kid, right? So I was born in Brooklyn, but raised on Long Island, where it was pretty much peachy keen. You know, everything was okay. Right. I mean, I grew up in a mixed neighborhood, so it was no like black white animosity or hatred or you know we played sports so we interacted well but when you get into the ghetto and you really see what life's about like for those people in the ghetto not right ethnic but the people in the ghetto i mean my best friends were hispanic and black when i was a kid so. yeah but when you see how they're in they live in the ghetto life it's like oh my god this is a fucking different world you right know? like those people that were ethnic in my neighborhood wouldn't fucking survive in this. They'd be like, "That's right, why right. they're there. that's why they're there out by me," you know. Right. So it was just insane. And but it, but I guess the insanity was the um, complete. Uh, you know, you just said uh, he got stabbed up in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they just shrug it off like it's not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, he got shot. He's all right. You know, he took eight shots, but he's good. He's you know. yeah. I mean, I I I came across people, and it's insane. Like this one guy was shot like nine times, and uh, so I I put the ninety five tag on his toe. Yeah, I put the ninety five tag on his toe, and a week later, I'm talking to his wife at the precinct because the precinct was a good place to use the phone. What is the ninety five? What does that mean? I'll get to it. Okay, so. So I put this 90, so, so the guy, so I'm talking to this woman, I said, I'm really sorry to hear about your husband, you know. What else am I gonna say? I right. passed her, she noticed me, I noticed her, you know. And uh, little coochie mama you know, on the phone, half her belly hanging out, you know, it's the summer, you know. Figure she's looking to get laid at the precinct, whatever. You know, that's a good place to get laid, right? There's, nine, there's uh, 450 cops, there's fucking right. 425 men, you know. Anyway, so she's at the phone, making a pe on the pay phone of the precinct, making a phone call, and uh, and that we so we passed glances, and I'm I'm really sorry to hear about your husband. And she goes, "What do you mean?" I go, 
Well, he got shot nine fucking times. I put the right. 95 tag, the, the DOA. I put the DOA tag on his toe in the hospital. And I've never done that before, by the right. way. I, I, I was not always, I wasn't there like at the cease time to put, but I put the 95 tag on his toe because I was busy. I had some things to do. And I figured by the time this is over, I don't want to come back and have to do it. <laughs> Turned out. He, was, he says, he's over there on the phone making a phone call. Here's a guy who was shot nine times. He looked this, here, see, I put this nice white T-shirt on, maybe for effect today, because he looked like this shirt. That's how white this man was, like, going into the OR. I put the 95 tag on his fucking toe, and turned out he wasn't dead. He was standing, he was on the outside phone. She was on the inside phone in the precinct. He was on the outside phone at the precinct. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that was like, all right, so that's not normal, right. but yeah. that's but that's normal. Do you know right, what I mean? Yeah, it's no yeah. big deal. Oh, okay, he made it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Next, yeah. So, but it was it was it was thrilling. It was a, it was exciting to go to work. Yeah. So so you think about it, like you know, we're adrenaline junkies in some way or another, right? right? We seek the um, bizarre, or, or we just want to see crazy stuff in life. And so when you're a New York City cop back in that day, like every day was like a surprise, but 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 fun. Right, right, right. It's exciting, you know, what's gonna happen today? And like, you never really worried about yourself. Like, right. In the beginning, you know? Right, right. The well, fir- I, the, well, the, the, the first, the first uh, realization that this is real and nothing really matters. Right. Well, you had said it, it felt like, oh, no, no, that was your partner. It felt surreal. And, and they, everybody kept saying, throughout the whole documentary, they keep saying, you know, that you never seemed, they were like, Mike never, seemed scared like he was never worried about any of this stuff like to him it was not a big deal like and and even you know you had mentioned like you know it, well just the whole thing that like you like nobody was out to get you except for that one time right. like you didn't feel like you were in danger like no. you were no it's yeah like Teflon Don right, right. Like John Gotti went to trial and he just go he'd be smoking a cigar at the end of the, in the afternoon and it just became you know I was one of seven kids Right. I was a survivor in that realm. You know what I mean? I learned how to survive. I learned how to get my food and how to work my way right. through that. So it always seemed like I'd always find a way. No matter what problem I was in, you know, some of the stories that you shared with me about your stuff, yeah. you, you always found a way to make it work yeah. or, or to come out okay. Like no matter how bad things are, it's it, going to be okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah, this is just an obstacle. Right. I have to get around oh, it. How am I? Right. Most people, I just find that most people in life, they hit an obstacle and right. that's it. It's that's done. it. It's over. Right. It's over. They, they, they surrender and they turn around. Right. I, and I, it's I, like, I this know. is just something. This I wish I did. Right. Because the first obstacle, I mean, I had signs and I had warnings and I had, you know, people confront me at times. And I mean, be, be, from my mother, who's like the most dangerous confrontation. Right. <laughs> your mother confronts you. You know, your wife or, you know, or, or, or a family member. Or, I even remember before I got arrested, my father said to me, you know, one of my friends in the Suffolk County Police Department, a family friend, a close family friend, like cousinish, said uh, that your name was dropped around a little bit and wanted, wanted to make sure that you were on the, you know, that you were on the up and up, you know, and of course, what am I going to say to my dad? Yeah, yeah of course, dad, of dad, you, dad, you're right. I, I have a severe problem facing them. You know, what would you know? You're going to tell your father? Yeah, you're right, Dad. I'm robbing everybody in Brooklyn. I'm selling cocaine on Long Island. I mean, right. just I have a hard time transitioning from from being the charmed son with the four homes, the condominium on the ocean, the brand new Corvette, the beautiful wife, the ex girlfriend. You know, it's just it's hard to go. Yeah, I am doing something wrong. Oh. You mean you figured it out? <laughs> You're not even a detective and you figured this out. So. Well, I, I, so when was, just to, when was the first time you actually did something that you knew you were crossing the line? 
You know, you know, I always talk about this time when I took money. Uh, when I basically told a kid that I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to give him summonses because I don't give a fuck about summons. Right. I don't, I don't gain on a summons. Right. Right. So, and, and it's not that. I mean. I'm not supposed to gain. It's a right, police right. job. It's a civil service position. You're supposed to serve the public. But there comes a point where you begin to get frustrated. In, in, any, in any job, you can get frustrated. Right. But as a police officer, you're supposed to maintain your decorum and continue on like a true blue trooper. Right. But I guess sometimes when the humanity comes in, you go, you know, I'm fucking, I, 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 could, I could use a good meal. Right. You know, I'm not that I'm starving. Yeah. I, I never but, starve. But you're living off of 600 bucks a week. No, 600 every two weeks. Every two yeah, weeks? Yeah, but he's misled by that. I was claiming 300 a week. In fact, in the academy, I was clearing $205 a week. And then, you know, you get a little bit of a raise, you get a little bit of a raise. I was clearing 300, like at one point, $303 a week in the 7.5, you know? Right. But this was, this a, was 83, old, 84. 40, yeah, this was like 40 years ago, but even then, oh, it was that's just, that's paltry. like no money. It was paltry. It, it, you're, you're, you're trying to, it's like, yeah. It, I would have, I would have at the end of, at the end, and I didn't have any pills, by the way. Right. I lived with my parents, right? So you're well, young, you couldn't, you can't live by yourself. You're a young rookie cop, you're living with your parents. I'm talking about that, that ever, in the early part. Right. And, you know, so maybe I'm banking, I'm, I'm giving them 50 bucks a week and I'm banking 200. Right, because I want to save up from get a house so I can get married. That's why I took this job, right? Right, and and and, and but if you see that like it's really not gonna, it's not going that well. You know, the, yeah. the savings is not really mounting up pretty quickly for a guy who's living home and, and re, having reduced bills. Which you know, I was very financially very responsible throughout my whole life. Anyway, so uh, accounting major in college, yeah. So yeah, so very good, and uh, did pretty good at it. Um, so I, I realized that. The money was just not adding up. And, and so when you pull somebody over and they're like fucking, let's say they're 17. Right. And first of all, and they don't even have a license. They don't even have a registration. They don't even have license plates on the fucking car. Right. And yet, when you pull them over, they got a stack of hundreds in there. Back then, it was fanny packs. The, yeah. You know, those fanny packs, the, the leather pouches, yeah, the pouches and shit. Did you have one? No, I didn't. No, have you didn't have one. I, had. I, I knew people. <laughs> you knew people. Yeah, so, I mean, it's stacked with hundreds. You know, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, uh, I got six bucks, you know, and it's got to last me. It's Tuesday. It's got to last me to Thursday at four o'clock when the checks roll in, you know? So, I mean, you don't have to feel bad for a guy, but. That's what it is. What it is. So I'm like, fuck. Where are you from? Puerto Rico. The guy's not even a fucking like. Of course, he's a citizen, but right. he's not. Like, he just got here from Puerto Rico last week. He bought a car, you know, Corvette. Uh, 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 yeah, he bought himself a Corvette, and he's got a stack of hundreds in his wallet and it's in his pouch. So I could use a fucking nice meal. You know, right. I'm, I'm going to tell him, I, I want your money. I, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to make that transition. So right. I, you know, you got eighteen hundred dollars worth of summonses here. Plus, I got to take your car. So who knows when you're going to get it back and whatever. You know, tow, pay for a tow, pay for storage. You know, but if you if you got me a good fucking lunch, you know, and a good one, I mean, like a lobster lunch. <laughs> you know, then we can. This will go away. Right. So it, so that's like the main, that was the first time that I did it with intention. Right. There were other moments where I 
let things go or saw things I didn't I didn't care about. You know, like maybe it was some drugs somewhere. Or, you know, never never to my benefit. Right, right, right. Never to my benefit, you know? Just like, maybe it was laziness where I didn't give a fuck, you know, whatever. I, I've witnessed things. Uh, but in this case, it was like, I took an aggressive approach to try and get something. Yeah. And and, and like we discussed previously, it felt it, like, I was nervous. I, was, I, was, I thought I was being set up. Right. You know? Because like, it was just perfect. <laughs> I think I had no papers, no license, the plates no, non-existent. And then after we got the money and we drove around like for a while, like no one pulled us over or anything. Like whoop whoop, internal affairs. What are you doing? It was like, yeah, I, I can do this. Like I can do that. Yeah. And and that was on the back. And I I always forget to tell the story. That was on the back of an incident with me and two other police officers. So I'll just make the short of it. I make a car stop. Some guy blows a stop sign. I pull him over. I'm up on Jamaica Avenue by Highland Park in in the, the borderline between Brooklyn and Queens. And I, I, I got this car stopped, and all of a sudden I look behind me, there's fucking flashing blue red lights from a fucking police, New York City police car. And I'm going, oh, what's, oh, this must be so-and-so coming to join us, like. Right. Check on us. Yeah, back up. Yeah, back For no reason, yeah, but yeah, still yeah, back yeah, up. I don't yeah, mean, but whatever, that's cool. What are you doing? I'm like, excuse me? Right, my job. McGregor, whatever the fuck his name was. I go, what do you, Terry, Terry McGregor was the guy's name. The other guy ended up losing his job. Anyway, uh, he goes, what are you doing? You know, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm like, why, why are you asking me what am I doing? He goes, I go, we made a car stop. He goes, in my sector? So I go, well, so I knew that was a little touchy thing. And I'm like, whoa. We pulled them over here, but we we followed them from my sector. Let's right. say you know we followed them three blocks and pulled them over. This is the play, best place we could pull the guy over. Yeah, well, uh, don't be making any car stops in our sector. I said, All right, he goes uh, and make sure you stay away from our uh, our uh, bodegas and our fucking uh, spots. Right. I mean, obviously, that's, um, that's something's spots, you know something's odd about that. Their yeah. territorial when yeah. all of it falls within yeah, the yeah. precinct. Yeah, it's in the precinct. I, you know, I can drive by here all day long, but you know, he don't want me doing any doing anything in his sector. Right. So he's what charging? He's charging uh, protection money to people. You're not positive, but something's ain't right. Something's not right. So right. so so you know. Later, we talked about it. My partner and I at the time, Sal, was a different partner than Kenny, and uh, I said something like. I get that you don't want me eating at some of your spots because you could eat on the if you're eating on the arm, you don't want to hurt right, right, the right. other guy coming and saying, "Listen, I can't give fifteen guys free meals in a day." Right, right. So you, that 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 I'm aware of, you know. But to make a car stop, like, is there something? Am I yeah. miss, am I missing something here? So like the next day or two, I see this car, I pull it over, and and I said, you know, maybe this is what it's about. I gave it a shot. I got paid. And it was a different approach. From that day forward, it was all like, and I wasn't, I've done it about two years. From that day forward, it was just a different approach. I'm gonna get mine. Yeah. I'm gonna get my, whatever it is. If it's an extra sweater, you know? Right. If it's a fucking Nike hat, whatever the fuck it is, I'm gonna get something for me out of this because it appears, it appears that there's, there's more to this than just 
driving to work and keeping the peace and, and going home right. and getting a paycheck. But you're still you're still conducting police business. It's just that if something comes across, if you're not out at that point. Right. I know later, right. but at that point. It seemed to me like you weren't seeking it out. Like if it, it's, if you're it an fell oppor- in my lap, you're an opportunist. I'm, I'm gonna, if I come in on a bus and this right, and that, right? And there's a stack sitting here, and so that's the, that's the next thing that ends up happening. Right. I ended up on okay. the homicide scene uh, with this guy Sal, and we were still, uh, and so I get I go into this homicide. We first response, I can't even open the door because the body's body's blocking the door. You know, the guy right. was hitting the head, and he was fucking laying. But I can't even open the door. Finally, I open the door. I get inside. And uh, and I see it's, it's a marijuana. Back then they had tray bag stores. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Brooklyn setup, but like every it was a bunch of dummy candy stores, and they were all selling nickel bags. Like like today they're starting to sell pot everywhere. Whatever they've already got the setup. You know, forty years ago in Brooklyn, you know, right? They had these paper plates in the window with you know candy signs, candy, you know. <laughs> Whatever. It was a fucking dope spot for marijuana. Pushed the door open. We had to get, move the body. The guy was basically dead on the floor, and they were blocking the door. The guy shot, got shot in his spot, so he, he, the door was held closed by the body. We couldn't get inside. So eventually, we, we push our way in, and so it's a funny scene. It's a scene of where inside there's a well, funny. A, so yeah, it was funny. I mean, <laughs> was see, what's fun. so funny is I have a sick sense of humor. Like to me, that is funny. Yeah, like, yeah. but yeah, people but are like, take it in because the guy's body's blocked. Yeah. Oh, the, the yeah, I, the hate, guy, I yeah. hate that. Yeah, he's blocking the door. <laughs> Can you get up? So anyway, in this bags of marijuana, like like a, clearly a, a, a huge amount of marijuana, like pounds, and um, come, come to find out later on, there was over four or five pounds, which is quite you know it's a substantial amount, you yeah. know, and it looks large, you know, pound of marijuana is fucking a lot, you know. Yeah. And so anyway, so he has this, and he's got his nickel tray bags set up, and he's got cash, or and lots of cash. So I'm like, well, this is you know a little. I'm excited. <laughs> and then out comes this guy from nowhere. And he's, oh my God. He starts blowing on his friends, giving him CPR, mouth to mouth. You know, the guy's dead. And, you know, and then, so the odd thing is, I'm, I'm trying to put this together like, what's going on here? Because you don't want to stop someone from giving someone CPR. What the fuck? Let him do it. You right. Know? And then he takes, looks at his hands and he starts wiping the blood off his fucking hands. Right? I mean, to me, that disturbed me. Like, this is your friend who's dead. It's your best right. friend in the world, and you're worried about the blood on your hands. Eh, whatever. So, then I see the money and the marijuana, and this, and so long story short, I, I see a sliver of a stack of hundreds. Not a lot. I think the number was 600. So I put a little 600 in my pocket, and now we have to call for the emergency service, the search teams, all this fucking, the sergeants, the EMS, everybody to show up. We got a, we got a real shooting. We got a possible DOA on the scene. Send an ambulance, send the sergeant, send the morgue, you know? Anyway, uh, so we set it all up and in comes the sergeant about five, 10 minutes into it. And he says, so we got these bags of marijuana. We got a stack of cash. I don't know how much cash was there at the time. And he turns around, he looks at me, he says, so is that it? Right. So I look at him and I go, well, I take the fucking six hundred out of my pocket and I go, like, you know, you can't fucking see it. I go, I go here. This is this. He goes, is that it? And I go, that's it. I go, he goes, I didn't want it to. I, I didn't want it to get all lost. I don't know what to say. Like, I gave you a stack of fucking twenties, but I got a sliver of hundreds in my pocket. I didn't want it to get lost. Anyway, so someone else takes the uh, takes the perp. Oh, this. I think the squad showed up. I don't remember who showed up, but I didn't process the arrest. 
Right. I was because it was a homicide. Usually, the homicide detectives take yeah. over right away, and they were there quick enough, so they took over the case. So the homicide detective says to me, Who, "What do you think?" I said, "He did it." The, the guy with the hands. Yeah. And he says, he asks me, "Why you say that?" I said, "Because just the way he acted." I said, "Plus, he wasn't he wasn't there. He came running out of somewhere. We did a little quick search. We saw handprints all up the fucking upstairs and then back. <laughs> There's yeah, handprints yeah. going upstairs. I didn't see him go upstairs. And with the handprints of blood. Yeah. And so he I'm, made, I'm, I'm he like made just, it. I'm CSI now. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. made he made such a scene about yeah, wiping yeah, yeah, off the blood and it, making sure he touches it, the guy to get blood. Exactly. That's why blood on my hands because yeah, I touched yeah, him. Exactly. He made a big scene. Right. So uh, so from that I said he did. And, and, and one of the statements the kid made was funny story. He says, um, I told him to start fucking with those women. What do you right. care if he's, well, what he meant was stop fucking with my woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> As it turned out. So this, the squad has this two, 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 three pieces of information with them. They turned the guy in five minutes against himself. You know, I didn't mean Because they told him he was alive. He's right. alive and he's talking. They're like, he's like, oh shit! <laughs> they locked the, the guy's obviously dead. He's got his brains all over the place. Right. Anyway, so, so, so yeah. So at that scene, when I put the hundred to five six hundred in, and I gave it back. So that night we went out for choir practice. You know, drinking with the boys, and the sergeant happened to come to with us. We're out in Huntington on Route One Ten. Uh, I think the place was. I can't remember that. I think it's like Farrell's. I, it wasn't Farrell's, but something like that. It was a common name. One of those Irish bars, a uh, Fulton Street, Fulton Street Pub. If anyone knows. Huntington, Long Island, Fulton Street Pub. And I like to throw that because yeah. a lot of people love that, you know? And um, so I was at Fulton Street Pub, it was 1 30 in the morning, and I says, I go over to Sergeant, I said, Sergeant, which is odd because the Sergeants usually don't go out with the fellas, you know, because right. they're, they're, they're bosses, you know? Let the boys do their thing. I said, listen, I, you know, I gave you, he says, I said, what do you think? He, I gave you the, the hundreds, a couple hundreds. He goes, if you get there before me, it's all yours. He says, if I show up, I can't condone you fucking taking it. Right. He says, because I don't want the problem. I'm a boss. He says, but you show up at a fucking murder scene and there's cash flying. Like, the NYPD doesn't, does not murder people. Right. To set you up. Yeah. They're just not going to go that far. Yeah. They'll do a lot of things, but they're not going to kill people to set you up. So he says, if you get there and you see a body and you see stacks of cash or whatever, it's yours but make sure I get mine, he says to me. Because right. <laughs> if I find out later on that, that you clipped, yeah, yeah. You clipped 30, 25, yeah. 30 grand, and right. I got nothing, he says, I'm gonna be pissed. I said, I, so, so, like, so for effect, you know, later on I thought about it, and I'm like, he just gave me a fucking license yeah. to do whatever the fuck I want. And now I'm, I'm like at 23 years old or something like that, and I'm saying, I can fucking do anything I want out here. You know, yeah. especially since the witnesses are mostly dead yeah. or, or running from the scene. If well, it's, their, it's it's their word against against yours anyway. And, 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 and I'm a and, cop. And honestly, like when the, when the, we, we talk about the drug dealer stuff, like right. the other guys, like what are they going to say? They're drug dealers. Yeah, hey, I lost ten keys and yeah. fifty thousand in cash. Right. Who's going to say that? The precinct, you're going to walk to the precinct. Excuse me, the detective or right. investigator. Yeah, one of your police officers has robbed me for thirty five kilos right. and it, a million dollars in cash. Okay, good. Sit down. Have a seat. <laughs> just what, just not what happens. But I but. More and more happens today. Believe well, it, or, believe you, it or not, the it wasn't back then. Though. Your sergeant that yeah. you said said it's funny because like I actually had a owner of a bank. 
tell me basically it was almost the same, a, a similar type. Well, I mean, he had caught us, right? And then sold the loan, caught us, said, "Hey, we caught you." And I said, "I don't know nothing about it." And he said, and then he sold the loans, knowing they were all fraudulent bad, loans, right. bad loans, selling them, knew it because he thought they might perform. Right. And then later he came down, and we were talking. He was just he had a couple drinks in him. We were talking about fraud, and he said, "Listen, man." I don't care about fraud. He was, nobody in the industry cares about fraud. He said, if you if it goes through us and we can get rid of it, he said, I could care less. Right. He goes, I just don't want to get stuck with it. Right. And to me, I, I, that was just like, so he was basically saying, nobody's calling the FBI. Right. Like the worst that happens is we blacklist you right. and you can't do any loans with us. Right. And it was just like, to me, I was like, oh my God. And then, I mean, Let's listen, go. after that, Let's it was go. like, yeah. <laughs> I'm Punched it, then yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Oh, we absolutely, put it overdrive, yeah. So, so yeah. So that that moment is a defining moment for me because I became less cautious right. about scenes. I didn't, so I actively looked for scenes, but I didn't, I wouldn't roused up a scene to make it happen. Right. So then, I, then like I'd, I'd rush to a homicide. Right. I mean, no one really wants to be on a homicide because then you got to stay with it and, and, and do all the, the dirty work, right? But if you rush to a homicide scene. See, people die for a couple reasons, usually because of a bad relationship issue, money or drugs. Right. And in the ghetto, it's usually money and drugs because everybody's got a bad relationship. You know, babies, daddies, mamas. You know, you know. Yeah. Thanksgiving is a tough day because you know they all get you know six babies, daddies show up, <laughs> nine babies, mamas. You know, it's just it gets confi- it gets confusing. It, it really does, you know. Uh, but I'll tell you one funny story. I had I had the. A park foot post one day because they, I was on punishment post. They used, I used to get punishment posts because they didn't want to have to keep an eye on me. So it was easy to put me on a foot post because you only have like a block square area. But if in the car, you can go fucking 40 miles from one direction to the other. And when I was under a lot of investigation, they'd put me on a foot post. And uh, so one of the young girls comes up to me, young kid, like eight, nine years, cute kid, beautiful little child, says to me, uh, something about Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I, she says, well, my, I have... I have five stepdaddies, and I said, "Oh, I felt I felt bad for the child." You know, you have right. five stepdaddies. She got, I got seven brothers and sisters and five stepdaddies. I said, "Oh, that's you know." She goes, "It's great because Christmas, each one of the stepdaddies buys us a gift, right? So that's guaranteed five or six gifts there, and then your own daddy, he really gives you lots of gifts. So I mean, like." There was a there was a silver lining. There was a silver lining to everything, you know. So like they do stab each other every once in a while. That's yeah. that's you, yeah. Usually because mom is not, you know, yeah, putting <laughs> she's not holding up our end of the bargain. I guess I don't know, whatever. But yeah, so it. I mean, what an education for for a guy who grew up. You know, his dad was a fireman and he came home. You know, once every three days, would smelling like smoke. You know, and uh, hockey player, baseballs, loved athletic. You know, yeah. Long Island kids going to play sports and you're out in the ghetto now like putting out fires every day. Like, what the fuck? I don't mean, not fires, but you know, putting no, fires, like, personal fires out every day, putting your finger in the in the dike of the yeah. dam. And the crack arrow was just insane. It was yeah. insane. No. Well, and there there the, there wasn't a big budget for police, for law enforcement at the time. It was I mean, well, it was just a So you hit a point there, the budget. So part of the reason why things get the way they do. You can actually harken back to today, what's going on in today's environment. Like, it's dangerous today in a lot of these major cities because right. because of the, you say budget, whatever, the defund the police story. But back then, we had uh, budget crunches because the volume 
of arrests was insane. Like, so, like, people don't get this. Like, there's a million arrests in New York City every year. Just make sure you're clear. Yeah. You're, you're late. Yeah. You're there's late. a million arrests in New York City every year. That's like, insane. That's what it was, let's say. And so 250,000 were arrested in Brooklyn, maybe, <laughs> maybe more. It's a lot of process, right? Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, we yeah. talked about process before. There's always a process, right? Yeah. So, so processing an arrest is guaranteed 17 hours overtime, maybe more. Right. So you're paying somebody to process an arrest for 17 hours overtime, then you're having to pay for legal aid for the perpetrator, court costs, bailiff court. What you you can go down the list on what it costs just to process an arrest without the overtime. So the city began to sort of discourage arrests for drugs. Now, perfect storm, right? Because if you're telling a police officer don't make an arrest for drugs because it's not gonna go well for you. Why, we're gonna put you on foot posts, we're gonna put you in less desirable assignments because you're killing us with the overtime costs. So some guys didn't give a damn. They'd make an arrest in the station house, like, and that happens, all, that happens by the way, every day. You know, people walk in, ask a question, guy runs the name, oh, you're good. You're under arrest, and the guy, like, I, we took you off patrol so you wouldn't make overtime. He goes, too bad, I got an arrest right now, and you can't stop me. Right. See, they can't stop you from making a lawful arrest, right? Right. What's, what's the supervisor going to say? Unarrest that person. Yeah. <laughs> Let him go. Yeah, you can't. You know, but today I think you can, for Christ's sake, because it seems that way, which is another story, right? So, so think about that. 250,000 arrests. Everyone is 17 hours overtime, let's just, for argument's sake, and the numbers just are astronomical. Yeah, it's outrageous. So they, they discourage it. So now you're telling me Here's what you make me. You make me the armed security force for the drug dealers. Right. You're just trying to get people to stop shooting each other at this point. So uh, I'm not arresting. See, I'm just see? trying to get you guys to stop stop yeah. killing us, so, stop yeah. killing each other. Right. So it's the profile. So you have a higher visibility. Because if I make an arrest, I'm taking a, a patrol car and my partner pretty much off the street unless right. there's somebody else to jump in with him. Because we don't do solo patrols in Brooklyn. It's da- you're not allowed. It's, right. it's dangerous. So I'm taking you off the street and me off the street and I'm per- processing an arrest. So that car's down for the day. So it really, the numbers-wise, it, 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 it doesn't pay to make the arrest. So we become the armed security force for the drug dealers. I mean, when it's January 17th and it's 18 below zero with the windshield and it's two o'clock in the morning and there's four guys on the corner on Pickin Avenue and Pine, what the fuck do you think they're doing? Right. I mean, can anybody out here tell me what do you think they're doing? Uh, I mean, they're selling fucking something. You know, got the, they got the Eskimo. The es- so they get to go about their business while you hang out and make sure nobody come, drives by and shoots at them because they're on their corner. Correct. Or so. Yeah, so you could fill in the fucking dots from there. And that's what happened was the public began to be outraged that we were not making arrests. But they're not, they're not announcing to the public we're discouraging arrests. And this right. is a fact. These are all facts as I lived it. You know, we're discouraging drug arrests because blah, 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 we're saving money. In the meantime, it just, 
it's like the it's broken, making your neighborhood horrible to live it's in. The broken window theory: fix the window in the house so it looks better, and people won't try to break in, steal, and burn it down. Right? So that that was the Giuliani theory: mm-hmm. fix the broken window, get the squeegee guy from off your windshield, because once he's off your windshield, he has to be someplace else. You're not intimidated, and you go forward and have a better day. So, so that's the approach they had back then, and 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 we. We were the epicenter of, every, you know, the police are always the conflict, no matter what. Do, no matter if you do, it's damned, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, so, so it, it, there was a long line of um, what you're seeing today right. happened back then, but in a different way, because back then we could still beat the fuck out of you. Right. Straight up. Back then you could still. Well, now there's too many back cam- then there's cameras still, everywhere. Back then you could still give a good beating uh, and everybody went home. It's funny. The Rod- and everybody went home. The Rod- and us. The Rodney King thing. I remember all these guys were, were like. You I know, got arrested after well, the Rodney, three, days, oh, three days after the Rodney King riots. Everybody, when that came out, I remember guys were saying, you know, well, that's an isolated event. I was like, yeah, it was. The isolated event was that there was a guy <laughs> there, was, there with a camera. It, it happens all the time. <laughs> it, happens all the, the time. it was just isolated there was a guy with a camera right but right. And, and and yes and that's true and, oh, and, 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 met, and to defend the police officers right. that's not what that's not all they do okay? no 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 and it's, no, and it's usually let's just say earned it's usually earned oh yeah yeah it's usually it, 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 earned and know, i'm not saying they deserve that but it's right. usually earned you know what's funny it's like guys talk to me about prison they're like you know well is there a lot of stabbings and people were you scared where was like whoa, whoa whoa i'm like you understand if you get stabbed in prison or beaten up in prison, you had it coming. This is good and I, it doesn't sound good, but you did something. Really? Like they're not randomly running up and smashing dudes. Right. You owed money. Right. They told you to pay it. Right. Then they you said fuck you. Yeah. Then they told you check in check so in. you can get yourself shipped. Right. You said I'm not going to. Right. They you know they brought they went to your they went to the shot caller explained right. the shot caller finally the shot caller talked to you he you then told him I'm not paying then the shot caller said beat his ass right. and you got your ass beat or you get stabbed I mean. Right. You had a chance. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, punks, money, at, drugs. Absolutely. You know. um, it, one of the worst beatings I saw was over a punk. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's so funny to say punk out yeah. here. Like the first time I said it, like everybody, like yeah. I was like, I mean, a gay guy. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, now it's even worse. Yeah. You just called now. You now you just I just you said I called, I just said I called a punk <laughs> or a gay guy a punk. Yeah. Right. Then that's prison lingo. Yeah. Right. So yeah. But um. Okay. So yeah. back to um. What, we, what I was gonna say is, I mean, at some point. The guy Cello came to you. Oh yeah, I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, the last it, interview I did, I forgot the fucking guy's name, and the guy interviewing me forgot. Well, his it was name. funny because too, like he was the low man on the totem pole. His boss, then his his boss was actually a really good interview. You know no, what I'm no, saying? No, okay, was, so you got it confused. Yeah, huh? you got it confused. Oh. Cello was a boss. Oh, Cello, I thought Cello was no, the guy in no. the in the um, Cello was the guy in the uh, uh, the Porsche. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, oh, he was the boss. I thought he was under the the no, other guy. No, Cello was a. So, Diaz right says Cello was a little little nothing to him. Right, that's right. what he says because in the, Diaz, you know, he he started at two three hundred kilos a week. Right, Cello might do fifty kilos a week, but he was selling grams, yeah, half yeah. grams, fucking dime bag, whatever the fuck he was selling. You right, know? so he was selling retail. And Diaz sold wholesale. Right. So to him, he was a nobody. But but um, Cello had his own organization from top to bottom. He was in charge yeah. of his own organization. La, 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 La Compania. Com- yeah. La Compania. And you know they had 28 murders, fucking La Compania. And <clears throat> Cello was responsible in some way or another for the 
the, the hits that they ordered. Right. So yeah. So he. So they they, they were two. Let's say they're two equals this way, but Diaz, you know, sold a million dollars in, in tonnage. This guy sold a million dollars in half grams. You know? Right. So so that's the thing. But but Cello put a hit on me because I he. he, he I put pressure on his his shop. I put pressure on his store because he didn't pay me the seven hundred dollars. He's supposed to pay me eight thousand. He shorted me seven hundred. Why so, would he do that? Did you ever find out? Like, <coughs> was he just trying you right out of the gate? He just tried See, you. I, I, I wasn't sure, so that's why I was pissed. You know, like, why would you do that? You know. So I think what it is, and <clears throat> I think that somebody. But he came up with the exact amount that he was short. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I mean, he knew. It's not like somebody miscounted. Well, I, so, I, I, I think that he didn't do it. Okay, so there was an intermediary. Yeah, I think that a guy, see, when they, when, when, when they pay in drug money, it comes in thousands. Right. So a thousand bundles, right? And if it's 20s, it's 50, 50 20s is a thousand bucks, right? Yeah, right? So, so instead of, there's 45. 45, 45, 45, and it was like, like a, we're counting out. It's like, are they doing this on purpose? Right. So someone's taking, taking $100 out of each bundle. That's what I got from it. So by, by telling them that they were short 700, I thought he would go be pissed at their, his people, not pissed at me. Why would I tell you you're short $700? Right. I mean, that's, that's penny. That's that's picayune. I'm telling you, you're short 700 because one, if it's your people that are robbing it, straighten them out, and two, make it right. All right. So to clarify, you basically you had gone to them and said, "Look, it's eight thousand. Give me eight thousand right. a week, and I'm going to give you the heads up on any investigations, Correct. on anything that's coming down, right. any raids, right. anything into you." Right. He then pays you the money. Short somehow or another, you get shorted, right. and then. You don't say anything. It's not like you can complain. What you did was you went and you basically parked your police car in no, front of. No, so, oh. so so I went to Baron, the head of the Auto Sound City right. shop. You the told guy who's him. In, in black in the thing. And, and yeah. who, who set this whole meeting up. I said, Baron, we're short 700. He goes, yeah, I know. I said, well, tell him we're short 700. Make it right. Right. I didn't think much of it. And then after about a oh, week, he comes back and tells him, go fuck yourselves. We're not paying you. We're, we're, we're done. And, and and I'm not paying you. I said, oh, that's not the way this is going to go. Right. So I started putting pressure on his store. I had my, myself and my partner would park in front of his store. I just right. sit there all fucking chase cars that pulled up, and you know, just made it clear that you're not going to do. This could go bad for you. You're not going to do this, right? right. So and then I, I even went one step further, and I paid another crew of cops a thousand dollars just to sit on his store when I wasn't working. So he had like twenty four hours a day almost coverage on his store. I mean, up up, up till midnight, you know. So all day up until midnight, he couldn't sell a fucking gram of coke because no one would go to the store because the cops were there. You know, they want right. to get caught moving out with the drugs on him. Anyway, so he sends a message over to Baron. I put a hit on him. So I don't, and I get my nine one 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 page. Baron doesn't page me nine one one nine one one page goes off, and I end up going in to see Baron. He goes, they put a hit on you. I said, okay. And and and, and funny thing is that I heard, which I think was accurate, that the precinct knew about it and told me nothing. <laughs> they yeah, they knew about it and didn't fucking say anything. They were, at that point, they were already they were like they good, were already like they're like good killers, motherfucker. <laughs> so they, they they didn't know what to do. But I heard that they knew. So they had informants. Right. In the fucking La Compania. And if you remember them in that van, in the, the movie scene, in the van, Joe yeah, yeah. Wall, they're running back to the yeah. precinct. Well, in that van was one of the company's informants. T- 
telling them who's oh, who. Oh, okay. that's when they ran from him. When they came out, they start Correct. shooting at them and they take off. Correct. So my, to my point. Well, it made it sound like there was only a couple guys there. They didn't mention that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But to my point was that. So the precinct and the DEA, they work together. Yeah. Had informants in the company and they knew that they put a hit on me. Because the informants told them they right. put a hit on this cop. Yeah. yeah. So 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 now when I get the word, I went. I, I, and it's funny because my recollection gets a little foggy here, and and uh, I, I was I was called to task on some common. Uh, I did a, I did a um, Audie Lang podcast with, with Kenny came on the. Uh, I did a Audie Lang, Lang podcast, and then Kenny fucking cried and begged. I want to do what I want to do. What I. So Audie Lang said, all right, I'll put you on. He says, Mike, can you join us in the middle of the fucking podcast? And I don't want to do it because I don't want to give Kenny any fucking credibility. But for Audie Lang's sake, I said, let me, I'll jump on. And we argued back and forth about, uh, he says, and, and you didn't do, he says, I don't remember any of this $700 and, and you and you confronting them and, and, and this, this Mexican standoff in the fucking street. I said, really? I said, you weren't there because it happened. I got the 700. He said, well, I didn't get my half. I said, well, if you didn't get your half, it's because you didn't do anything. I said, right. what'd you do for it? I ended up fucking chasing a guy down, getting the death threat put on me, pulling him over. I mean, I wouldn't short Kenny 350, so I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that I didn't give it to him, but I'll take his word for it that I didn't. But then he wasn't there because I think I was working with the internal affairs chick, Lisa, Lisa Breland. She was like, they'd have set me up, but she... She didn't. She she just couldn't do it. You know, she wasn't trying really hard. You know, but so anyway. So after the, the threat was made, I, I I found the guy that day on the first fucking day that the, he put a hit on me. I I never met the guy in my life. I just know he paid us, but right. I knew the description of his car. So I went up on Fulton Fulton Street and by Norwood. Uh, under the L and, and sure enough there's a fucking car I pulled him over and I licensed registration insurance card he turned as white as his shirt no that's not accurate he, he, he's like oh okay officer I get your license registration insurance card and he, he goes like this and I take the license registration I throw it right back on, bang because right, he was down below me so I throw it right back in his fucking lap I go you fucking put a hit on me motherfucker he's like oh. now he's like fucking now he doesn't know what to do I just was like, yeah it's funny because like you're so like you, you're in it, right? Yeah, yeah. So I go, I was praying he had a fucking gun on him. I, like I was just like when he opened the glove box to get the, like, like let the you gun look for an excuse. Let the gun fall out, you know? I, I mean, because at this point you put a fucking hit on me. I mean, I gotta win. I can't lose, otherwise it's over, right? So well, and these guys are killing people. Yeah, I mean, there's, he, there's there's murders that, all that's the time. What they do, and that's what they do. So I'm I'm just I might as well just you know if you got a gun on you, I can kill you, and then you know, we just make a little ninety five tag, put it on your toe, and say goodbye. <laughs> Um, I mean, that's how I, right. that's what you have to, that's what you become. You know, you become it now. You know, it's no longer like you're there, for, you're there for you right. to survive. No, I was the, um, when they did the, what was it, the commission and they were questioning you during the commission. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the one commissioner commission. asks, you know, were you a, did you, at the, by this point, so when you start protecting the actual, that organization, she says, did you feel like you were, police officer or were you a a um you know a, a drug trafficker right 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 and you but, were kind of like hmm. <laughs> i didn't know what to say i don't know i, I look at my lawyer i go what do i tell him uh, tell him the truth yes. i said both yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah how does that work i don't know but it felt like both and, uh, and it was like that's like everyone like holy fuck imagine you were that people don't you know look they, they don't get the they don't understand the mindset of continually getting away with committing crime, what it does to you. Yeah. Like mentally, right. you 
you just look when you go to work and you drive a truck and you deliver Coca-Cola every day and you're going through the same routine and same routine and same routine and you're you're underneath the umbrella of the law right. and you're following all the rules, you don't understand what it's like to work or to behave outside of that and get away with things consistently. I mean, most people, they drive a little bit over the speed limit, boom, they, they get caught. They're right. like, I can't believe this, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, but when you are existing outside of that and you continually get away with it forever, and then when you do get get caught periodically, you get out of it over right. and over again. Right. You get this, the rules just don't apply to They me. don't, yeah. The, the gray like line. That's what you start believing it. It was a silver, it was a gray line. You started out here, right? And the gray line just kept getting further and further away. So, you, like, I would start, like, like most people start their day, tie their shoes and go to work and drive down the fucking highway, you know, stop at the light. Right. I mean, I started my day over here. So, like, stopping at the red light was way over here. Like, that wasn't even an option. Like, like it, you know, when you, normal people start here. And when you start here, and this is normal, you can't. That's harder to do. It's harder to do normal than because yeah. you're already over here, and it's insane. We can rationalize and justify yeah. anything, oh. but that's how it is. Yeah. No. I, look, I, it's it's you know, and this is a horrible example. Is like it's like when I'm driving on legitimate driver's licenses and other people's names. You know, some homeless guy I interviewed in, in Idaho, right. and I've got a driver's license, and I'm driving. The rules don't apply. Right. So I'm getting, am I, you know, are you scared of getting pulled over? No. No. The car's in his name, the registration, I mean, the um, the the insurance. And if I get it, I'll get three tickets in his name and run up all the points, go to traffic schools. Like, it doesn't apply. It doesn't matter to right. me. I have tons of money to pay for the extra insurance. I'm I'm driving 95 miles an hour in, in a 50. Right. Because it just doesn't apply. And right. if I get pulled over, I'll pay the ticket. Like, I'm not, the cop would come to the window and be like, you know, do you know how fast I was going? And I was like, it depends on how far long you've been behind me. Yeah, when did you and stop? And I start laughing and when they'd just stop? look at you and I'd go, <laughs> they'd go, well, why were you going so fast? And I'd go, stupidity? Yeah. And he would look at me and he goes, never heard that one before. That's and good. they'd go, well, uh, all right, I'll be back. Like, they don't know what to do, <laughs> you know, because like everything I have, like you're not going to go check at the car and right. find a warrant. Right. I got that covered. Right. Like, I'm, you know, so it's just, it is, it's just insane. Right. Like yeah. your thought, and you don't realize until you're sitting in that jail cell and I started looking yeah. at myself going, I was a fucking maniac, yeah. bro. Like, what am I thinking? Yeah. Like, how, how did I, people start telling me things I did and said and behaved like, and I was like. I know you're right. Like, and I'm like, now I look at it and I think, how was I not terrified? Right. Yeah. I'm driving, I'm driving home from work uh, in my Corvette going 140 miles an hour down Robert Moses, cause, Robert Moses, not the causeway, uh, Jones Beach Parkway. And I got a half a kilo in, in the back <laughs> of the vet and I don't even have my badge anymore because now I'm on modified assignment. <laughs> I've got myself to where I'm on modified assignment, which means that I've gone to the farm. And if you're, anybody, you're almost not yeah, a cop. Yeah, I'm almost not a cop anymore, but I'm still going 140 down the Jones Beach Causeway because no traffic. And, uh, and, 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 the, and the police vehicle that I've passed, yeah. it's plain clothes, so he's gotta be a detective. And detectives don't chase speeders. But turns out this guy's in the the New York State Escaped Fugitives <laughs> program, and he just happens to be driving along uh, Jones Beach 
State Parkway the day I'm blowing by on, in my fucking 140 mile an hour in my red Corvette with a white convertible top. You know? Not noticeable. At no, all. you can't. You won't see this. Practically you know? blends in. Yeah, the one that I, that, the one that I parked into the, in the lieutenant spot. You know, because right. he pissed me off because he thought he can bang my girlfriend, and that wasn't going to happen. You know, the biggest cock, you know, big red fucking Corvette in the lieutenant spot. You know, so it's just it never ends. Like, like put a flag on your back and call yourself asshole, idiot, or king, whatever you eat. eat Either way, someone's coming for you. Right. You know, you, you know, the bright red light shining all the time, you know. Well, uh, so, I mean, look, at some point, at, at at some point you guys started, like, I mean, you started, you, you were full-time basically giving these guys, the drug dealers, you're, you're giving them escorts. Right. You're, like that one time when the the they were about to raid the guys fucking uh, the grocery store yeah, where yeah, they're selling was, kilos that out made, of that. That, that made me worth my weight in gold. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> if, if you if Diaz said in the Mike was worth his weight in gold. <laughs> so so there the the cops are about to raid this grocery store where they're selling keys out of the back right. of the grocery store, right. and you go. You can get pampers. You, you can get pampers and sugars. <laughs> so he he finds out about it, whips around, comes in, goes into the store to get a couple of beers, goes up to the counter, and you tell I go you tell Diaz right? No. Oh, was that just some, some cashier? Some I was, cash I was register when you guy. say that in the thing. I was wondering like yeah. like Diaz is running the cash register. No, no this like is just this, guy. this is just his cash register worker. His you just lean in and say. Guy. Cut it, cut it, cut it, and and he looks at me. I go shut it because I didn't know if he knew what this meant, that, right? Or if he knew that I was the mark, or, you know, because because I never met these people, right? So well, do you know. even know? You don't prob- Do you even know that he knows what's really happening in the back, or you know he knows? Oh, he knows. Okay, yeah. uh, he got to know. There's no way. Okay, no, the guys are walking with bags of money and shit, you know, and he might tell him go to the back, you know, if someone's uh, new or unaware of what to do, you know, you know, they they're coming in with back then it was shoe boxes filled with money. In, in, that's when you're buying a kilo or two, you know, you, you're coming in with stacks of thousands like this, you know. So, and I would be, I'd be like, I can't believe these guys are standing in front of the store with boxes. Like they're standing in front of the store with boxes, shoe boxes. I mean, well, am they, I that stupid? They, they must. You got brand new Nike size 12, and this is a size eight. Let <laughs> me see. But they must also feel invincible, though. I mean, yeah. I, I've, oh, yeah. I've written in stories where the drug dealers were paying. Uh, FBI agents to and so they he was like oh I I was bulletproof yeah. I felt I felt untouchable right. he's like I'm gonna have, I'm paying a I'm paying an FBI agent yeah. he said he's calling me he's like if I meet somebody I call him up and say hey this is the guy's name run him he is and he comes back like an hour later and says uh uh-uh. uh he yeah. was arrested two weeks ago he's currently this he's currently, don't work he's with him. or they go he's good yeah. never heard of that guy right. and so I mean he they feel not just that they would have guys get arrested. Call the FBI and the FBI. He's like, and like two hours later, the cops come to him and say, "Okay, we're releasing you." Yeah, they just call up and say, "Look, he's a CI. Let him I'm go. working with him. Right. Let him go right now." Yeah, and they just. He's like, "I've been walked yeah, right out." Yeah, happens all the time. So yeah, um, but yeah, so I can imagine they felt invincible. But yeah, you know, so so yeah. walking around with them walking being pretty obvious. Yeah, probably not that big of a deal to them at that point. They think, yeah. "Well, we got Mike." Yeah, yeah. Well. Th- yeah, well, but I was like the one who told him, listen, you got to tamp that shit down because it's, one, it's it's over the top. You know, I'm trying to, because what I'm trying to do is to keep them from getting on the radar for narcotics. Right. Because if they're on narcotics radar, I don't work for narcotics. I'm a patrolman. 
right? So I'm trying to keep them off the radar for narcotics. I make a phone call to narcotics on its competition, and the guy in narcotics says, oh, you mean 522 uh, New Jersey on the corner of Vermont and, 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 and uh, New Lots? I go, no, it's 521 across the street. Right. But now you he, he goes, oh, oh, we're not aware of that one. I go, yeah, well, that's the one. <laughs> That's the one that's really doing bad stuff right now. I'm gonna tell the guy, this is my guy's store. He just gave me the address to. He says, we're in that. We got that. We're on that one. I'm like, I, I can't believe. Like, I'm, because my, my guy complained, my, Adam complained to me. He says, the guy across the street's lowering his prices. So, I mean, I sent cops in there on duty, off duty. We shook the place down on duty, off duty. We threatened this guy to shut him down. Right, and then we'd sit in front of his store and chase people. So he had no business going on for about a week. Meanwhile, we go around the block over on the, on Blake and Dumont Avenue, and and uh, right by um, Vermont. And there's this this is fucking Jeep Wrangler sitting there with two guys with beards, you know. So I go, hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, yeah, we're doing a stakeout around the block. I don't know where, because there's six spots around the block, but I know one is mine. Right. <laughs> so I go around the block, and I walked in the store, and I fucking picked up two Heinekens. They opened up the, oh, I don't know if they opened them or They probably did. Opened up the Heinekens, put them in a brown paper bag, walked out, shut it down. Now. Walked out the store, got in the car, called the beeper, because the beeper thing I had to call. Yeah. Got no answer. Like, like, I ain't got time for this, but this is not good. I just saw, I just saw on the cover around the block. I don't know when this is going down. They didn't give me the inside right. scoop on this, so that's why I went in. By the way, so I, I told it reverse. So I, I, I hit the pager. I waited like thirty seconds. They didn't call the payphone back. I said I can't do this. Went inside, shut them down, left. About a half an hour later, we circled back and they got the fucking lights, dogs, a team of forty fucking guys going in through in and out of the place. So, if, but they, they didn't find anything. They found nothing. Yeah, they couldn't even find salt in the place. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I laugh, but you know, it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's you laugh. You know, I really shouldn't. I mean, what, I shouldn't yeah. laugh, but it, it, it is what it is. It, what, you it, know what I'm saying? I, I I I hate when I do podcasts and then guys come back and they they he's not even sorry. Yeah, right, he's bragging. Right. He, well, you didn't see me yeah. come on the podcast right. to cry. Right, right, and, and, and apologize. Right. I'm not completely. here for that. I'm that's, here to tell I'm, you the story. Tell, tell you story, how it and that's was. It, that's I didn't right. cry that day. No one got hurt. Right. No one got hurt, which was the key thing, which I always had said to Diaz, is if somebody gets hurt, if a cop gets hurt, I don't mean like you've tripped and broke a fucking right, right. If a cop gets injured doing one of your fucking uh, operations or shot at, you know, or th- you know, injured severely, I said, I'll turn myself in. I said, because I'm not gonna live with that on my conscience. Right. And and, and if, you, if, you, if, you, if you spoke to Diaz, if you saw him in the... In the yeah, he's... He's just a, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's... I mean, he'll kill people if he has to. Oh, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Oh, listen, but, the but, nicest but, guys but, are murderers I've uh, met that are... The nicest murderers I've met, and they're hey, just super you nice You know Johnny guys. A. Light, you know, you know Larry Mazza, you know... Right. I had dinner with Larry yesterday. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I know Johnny. I mean, I've, had, I've been out with Johnny a dozen times, you know? And, I mean, those guys... Between the two of them, they killed 40, 50 people. But they're the nicest guys you ever want to meet in your life. You know, I was going to tell you, um, you know the police officer that, was it, did he take his his baton or a plunger oh, or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What I was just, it? I was just right, Volpe. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Volpe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Coleman. 
Yeah. Was he in Coleman? Because he you know, up, it was in Minnesota, wasn't he? Col- no, he was in Coleman for a couple of years. Okay. I mean, I'm sure he had been many places. Yeah. So there was a police officer who had arrested some guy, guy's mouthing off. And they knew this guy. He was a pain in the prick. Yeah, and he they, <laughs> it was a setup. This guy was a setup. He was constantly baiting the police. Right, and so he's mouthing off. He's this. Um, I forget. <laughs> Vol- what's do you remember? What Volpe's first name is. I anyway. He yeah. fucking cop gets frustrated. Basically, takes his fucking baton in the police department. Right, right in the, in in the bathroom. The, in, in the, the bathroom. Ba- right in the guy's ass. At now, I, I you know, and when so I had met. Yeah, you like that? I don't think it went right. that smooth, but uh, uh, he, uh, but oh, God, this is horrible. See, this is, and, and so anyway, he perforated he, the guy. Yeah, yeah. He so, yeah. So there was there was a definitely you know he didn't light candles. There was no soft yeah, music. Yeah, so yeah. Um, anyway, so it was a bad situation, right? So he ends up. Of course, he gets mad. He's fired. They bring up charges. Everything. Yeah. He gets. He goes thirty to, years. Yeah. yeah, they. Yeah, they gave him. 30. He pled yeah. guilty in yeah. the middle of the trial. He's like, I, I, I just pled guilty. Like it was obvious I was going to get. It was just going so wrong. Right, right. And when so when we were talking at that Coleman, got, that's how he got. That's how he, he was going to get thirty five. Right, he he ends up he pleads guilty. Is that how he got in the that? middle of the trial? He pled oh, guilty. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, it was, he he's he said I was it was so over the top mm-hmm. bad mm-hmm. that he said listening to it I just right. Oh yeah, couldn't yeah. You know you hate yourself when you listen to what they say. About yeah. You. Oh yeah. And he's oh, he's God, like so I bad. just this this is so this is so going so wrong. He's like I could look at the jury and I could tell yeah, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Um. He, and of course this is the thing like the jury doesn't know what you're facing. Right. So the jury's like, did he do it? Yeah, he did. Do you believe he did? Yes, I believe it. Okay, they go home and they think, he's probably going to get probation or he's probably probably going to get five or 10 years. 20 years, going to do eight. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's what they think. And then boom, you get 30, you get 35 or 40 years and they go, what? Now, granted, what he did was fucked up, but still, you typically don't give a rapist that kind of of, of sentence. So the point is, is that he ended up in prison nicest guy He's, and wasn't uh, Justin. Justin Justin thank you yes. and when we talked one time I, I remember I looked at him and I went I go bro I mean honestly what the fuck he's like I don't know <laughs> he's like I, I was you know you have to understand <laughs> you have to started, be there you had to be there <laughs> and just feel invincible and this was what I was doing and this steroids and this and I'm just going I go still and he's like ah come on what are you doing yeah, yeah. What are you, I said no, I'm not trying to make you feel bad I mean <laughs> we're two guys in the library laughing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah um, and, it's, and it's not laughable what, what, no, it's not laughable no. but, but it's, it's comical for some to, to actually you mean you shoved your fucking broomstick or bug yeah, up in, someone's in some ass? Yeah, fucking ass. I mean, what, what the fuck were you thinking? Where did it even come from? Where did, did that, that yeah, exactly. come from? He told like, me, you know the PSI, right? Your pre-sentence yeah, report? Yeah, I can imagine. He said that. the PSI, the, the, um, he said when he so when you when you get in trouble, the guy got seven million dollars and he lived. Just so you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's no death or anything. I mean, so, but which is no, no I, it's I, horrific too. There's no it, way to justify yeah, it. Whatever, right, it is right, what it is. Right. You deal with it. So um, the point is, is when he's doing his PSI, um, which it means the probation officer comes and they they interview you for a, a pre sentence report that goes to the judge. So the judge can try and determine what your sentence should Who be, you and there's are. there's a whole yeah yeah, and try and and, and if there are any uh, mitigating circumstances, you know, to give you the high end of the guidelines or even the low right. end, you know, and so they come to him, and so while he's being interviewed, he told me he goes while he was being interviewed by the by the um, 
probation Female officer. Female probation officer. Well, the probation, I think it was a male probation. He said, while he's Lucky being, for him. the guy starts asking, he's like, is there any, um, anything in your past, like uh, any abuse, Family. anything? And he said, he's looking at him and Justin goes, he goes, no, no, no. There, there were, there were no funny pony rides in my, in, in my childhood. If that's what you're oh, asking. Jesus and Christ. I mean, it's like <laughs> funny pony rides. And he said, "I know. My dad fucking was there. My dad was like funny pony." Yeah, that's rides. like <laughs> that's like even strange. Like, dude, how did you, are you okay? What did you? Where did you? Where did you funny pony ride? He's so like, he, he's like, God, I don't know. <laughs> It was listen. Obviously, the, the the conversations in prison are not like the conversations you have with your yeah, buddy that yeah, works at right. Walmart. Yeah, I mean, that, clearly, yeah, you're yeah, dealing with yeah. a different. Everybody's done something yeah. or heard of something. Yeah, yeah. So he was a little off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice guy, though. But I, I heard. Seemed like a nice guy. Of course, I, heard, I had never been arrested by, yeah. for, and by him. I've never either, thought so. of a pony ride, but now when I think of pony, you know. Think, yeah, that'll I'll definitely come up. Him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I no, can't see a miniature no, pony. So I was the face of corruption. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, in 92, I get arrested. So I get sentenced in 94. He perforates this guy in 97, right? So the city's just starting You to got heal. lucky then. Well, no, I, never, <laughs> I, I, said, I never got lucky. This is the city, yeah, no. The city is just starting to heal from the, from the trauma that I put it through. They changed the whole fucking patrol guide. They add a whole new division uh, uh, no, Bureau, they call it Bureau. They went for, it went from Internal Affairs Division to Internal Affairs Bureau, which means it's now, it's, so what that means is they've now created another layer. Layer. So it's now, it's over. It's over, it's like, so you have the Detective Bureau and in the uh, in Internal Affairs Bureau, because it used to be IAD, which was a division Right now it's a bureau, so there's nothing above that except right. right. Well, but bureau basically you go, kind of govern yourself. You self-govern, right? Okay, correct. So yeah. before they were a division, they could they be told division. back off. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Now they're their own bureau. Yeah. So anyway, so that I created. Thank you. And uh, so, so I, there's, there's, there's some chiefs that yeah that yeah. I gave jobs because they, they were. They was, I'm the, sure that's how they look at it too. Yeah. Probably everybody wants no, to thank they look you. At they, one of one of them uh, I heard because I hear stories through, throughout the years and, right. and and one of them says I finally got out case like really like 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 I got like one like I got a, one like yeah. a Charles like a Charles Ponzi <laughs> like, no, a Manson a Manson a Manson case I got Just me a Manson you know, now they've got case. now you've got a whole thing named after you it's like like yeah. Ponzi like before Charles Ponzi yeah. it was the Peter Paul scam uh, now yeah. we renamed we named renamed corruption yeah. after you yeah right. Right, they got so, a Michael Dowd case. Something, yeah. Internal affairs. No, oh, I got me a Michael Dowd. Like in other words, it's going to be a career maker. You know? Right. Yeah. So, and, and that guy ended up getting arrested. <laughs> the guy, that, the guy that publicly said it got arrested. He was he got arrested for taking money or, 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 or I shouldn't even say taking money. I think he got arrested for doing favors on on summonses, like cutting people. Like, eh, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll get rid of we'll get rid of the summons. Like, how small? How right. small is the fuck? You're really a big shot. You got a doubt case. You, the, it's the smallest of cases that, that they got rid of you for, or some shit like that. But well, it's like you know what's fun. Well, I was gonna say, look, sometimes some guys, some guys do insane shit probably their entire career and never have it come back on them. Some guys do something minor and get caught immediately. Because right. I was gonna say, you went years and years and years doing. Not that it's minor. Well, it is minor. It's minor in comparison. Well, in where comparison, you're, yeah, yes. a couple thousand here, right. a thousand here, five hundred here. But when you 
leapt to, hey, you give me eight grand a, a month, I'm gonna watch out for you, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna give you the heads up. Right. If I come across it, I'm gonna this, I'm gonna that, I'm gonna escort your guys, I'm gonna do this. Gonna right. So you have a whole litany of things that you're doing for this money. Right. Um, you know, that really just, like that. that's actually what your partner, what was your partner's name? Kenny. Kenny, when he, he was like, he's, he went like within a month from taking like a hundred bucks to boom, we're making $8,000 a week doing this. Yeah, yeah, 8,000 a week, yeah. I mean, he went from being a normal cop and yeah. him slipping him like a hundred bucks and then like a month later, boom, okay, here's what we're doing now. Yeah, we'll get 8,000. What? Yeah. How did we just go from me getting a hundred bucks, which I didn't even spend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept it in my locker yeah, too. Yeah. Ate that, but but he know. was a cheap cocksucker. I mean, he was. But he didn't. He, he didn't was cheap. He loved. Listen. So, so in in hindsight, and and even at the time, I recognized at the time that he could say no right now. Oh yeah, yeah. And and then everything would be okay. Like I, yeah. I well, it's never, not like a Serpico situation. Yeah, yeah you know, no, so it's no, not yeah, like I never put him in a situation where he had to do this. Right. Because I made a determination that that I, I was gonna be a police officer for until I get arrested, <laughs> or, right. or quit, or, or get injured and get three quarters disability, which is what I, my goal was. And uh, so, but what happened, <laughs> my goal, to get injured, because I, I'm, yeah, that's your goal. If you get the a best bad, case scenario, yeah, yeah. I twist my knee. Yeah, no, yeah, bad a knee, slight limp. Yeah, good, three quarters, but three quarters disability for the rest of your life, tax free. So yes. yeah, I mean, so that's the goal. So that was my goal, and I had it. it was, well, I was, I read, at any minute, I could have done it because I needed surgery on on either knee because both both meniscus meniscuses were torn from playing ice hockey. <laughs> so I start out with a I start out with a pension if I. <laughs> But the money was so good, and I just liked it. Yeah, I just liked it. I liked going to work, and just being important. Oh yeah, Does no, that make sense? I, no doubt, I mean, absolutely. I, I mean, I mean, I, I now I know. Like I never retired, right? I didn't get a chance. But when I when I talk to guys that are retired, like they're like impotent. Yeah, you know, it they, sucks. They're, they're like, I'm not important anymore. Like you know, yeah. they think they are, but they they know they're not. You know, right. and even their wives hate them, and they get half their pension, and they leave them. You know, so so yeah, so so I I get it now. But at the time, I was faced with choices. You know, if Kenny had told me, I'm not doing it. You know, do, do, you know, I'll have yeah, a beer, yeah, yeah. I'll have a beer with you at Joe's Bodega, but I'm not gonna no. do this. I would have said okay, and I would have just. Probably, and I don't want to say this for sure. I would have just went on and did my my thing. Probably got a pension and left. But instead, I had. A, but I got I a partner a, in crime. I had a willing partner in crime, and I was just, this is great because now I got a guy who's all in, and he was he was all in. So so what happens in the in the this one doesn't it doesn't really show up in the movie. What happens is uh, doesn't at all show up in the movie. Is Kenny Urell? Um, I know he's a little soft in the underbelly, right? And so I ended up going away to a fucking rehab, you know, because I was in, I went to the, I went to the, you can't have a drug problem in the police department because right. you get terminated. So I told him I had an alcohol problem, which, all right, whatever. And I go up to the rehab, and while I was away at the rehab, I told Kenny, you know, Kenny, I, fa- I found out a little bit more information by going into rehab. They came to, like, the, invest- the um, so- counselors, which are cops, said, listen, you're in a lot of fucking hot water from what we know. And uh, you just need to st- stop whatever you're doing, do your rehab time, and then pray, and go to church. This is what the guy said, and go to church every Sunday. Right. I said, okay, uh, young, 26, 25, whatever the fuck I was, yeah, okay, sure. So, but I, but I knew a problem could arise from a weak link. So 
In the meantime, three of my friends get arrested for shaking down a bodega, mm-hmm. for doing an armed robbery. So they're out. I bail, I put a bail for one and put one in my house because his family kicks him out. He's got nowhere to go. And his name is Walter, that big Walter in the fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. big Walter with yeah. the big fucking hands. I end up putting him in my house. In the meantime, I tell Kenny, you gotta get hurt. It's 4th of July weekend. <laughs> it's 4th of July weekend. I'm in a rehab, we just came home from rehab. And Kenny's not getting any patrol assignments because if you go on patrol, you're gonna get hurt, right? Because it's an arrest. Every day there's an arrest. But it's 4th of July weekend and everybody's out on details like in Manhattan doing parade duties, all this shit. So they, they they short manpower. So Kenny hasn't been on patrol in four months. Not one day. What's were, he doing? He's in the station house. Okay. You know, doing paperwork. paperwork. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Phone answering, clerical shit, because they don't want him out there. Fourth of July weekend, they short. They put him in a car his first day. He makes an arrest. Some kind of fence was involved, whatever. Grabs a mooch, brings him in, and goes into the bathroom and breaks his hand. Oh. On the sink. And he already broke it once before. So now he, he goes... And he fucking slams it on the porcelain sink, breaks it because he's left-handed. He breaks his fucking hand. And he goes in and tells the fucking boss, he says, ah, I'm making the arrest. I got hurt grabbing this guy over the fence, whatever. No one gives a fuck. They're not thinking. Yeah, yeah. They're not thinking he's under investigation. He needs to get the fuck off the job. He breaks his hand. He never goes. One day on patrol, breaks his wrist, never goes back to work. He gets a three-quarters disability pension. I get it for him because my my uncle runs the pension section, right? I call. He gets he gets medically clear, medically approved because you can't have a cop with a bad wrist that has broken now twice in the last like say six years, right? Because now he's going to be shooting a gun. What if his wrist goes bad in the middle of shooting a gun and kills the kid instead of the, the old man? You're right. So they, they they approve him medically. Now it's supposed to take a year to two to get released through the pension system. I call my uncle up. I say, Uncle, Kenny was just approved yesterday. He goes, okay, it's gonna take 30 days. He goes from the bottom of the pile to the top of the pile, and he's fucking walking out the door, and who's walking in? Because you go before the pension board. The pension board, boom, approved. You're done. He's walking out the door, in comes Tromboli, the guy that was following me for fucking years, eating pasta dinner in front of my house, his wife kicking him out the door. He's walking in to interview him. And Tromboli goes, Urell. He goes, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't there, but I was told. Yeah. He goes, he says to him, what are, you, what are you doing here? He says, I'm sorry, Sarge, I got nothing to say to you. Yeah. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, I'm off the job, I'm retired, three quarters disability. He goes, I wanted to ask you about doubt. He goes, I'd love to tell you. He says, right. but I'm not required to talk yeah, to yeah. you right now. I'm done, gotta go. And but like the, the love to tell you thing was was in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to tell him, so he leaves. He gets his three quarters disability. Now he's sitting at home bored. He likes oh, the that's action. Right, that's right. He likes right. the action. Okay. He likes the action. So I'm running around now. I've I've made it through the rehab two years. I went to two two years of rehabs work, and then Kenny is calling me up. I need fucking some. I need some work. I need some bricks. I need something. I didn't know he was involved in fucking drugs. Right. I had no idea. Was he before or just, this is just something he decided just to do. So what happened was this, people, this story is so fucking, his cousin was a cop in the 7-3, was bringing home shit they were stealing from the drug dealers. Right. Giving it to Kenny and Kenny was selling it. I had no idea. So one day he says to me, Mike, could you help me get a piece of fucking, you know, eight, big eight, you know, whatever, whatever they want, half a key. I go, of course I can. So he goes, 
Okay, anyway, I go to his house to pick up the money, and they're there. The cops are everywhere, like plain clothes. So he doesn't know it. I go, Kenny, your fucking house is hot as fucking pistol. He goes, what do you mean? I go, there's cops all over the place here. He goes, I just left your house, and two cops were following me. He goes, how do you know there were cops? I said, Kenny. Right. I left your house. I circled the block. They fucking two cops cars was the plain clothes following me, twisting, going different directions. He says, <coughs> Mike, they've been following you for five fucking years. What's the, he says, this is probably still following you. I go, I don't know, Kenny. This seemed a little different. P.S. He hangs up. I, I leave his house. I get in the car, go to work, pick up the kilo, whatever. He gets on the phone. I don't know this. I'm not there. It comes up later on. And he's on the phone. His phone's tapped. He's calling the 7-3 precinct to have his cousin run a license plate. The license plate comes back to Suffolk County Police Department. You'd think he'd fucking tell me. Right. For the next month and a half while they're investigating us, he already knew that Suffolk County PD was following us. He never told me. Never. <clears throat> he didn't change his act either. He ends up getting arrested. I mean, the, the things that took place were insane. I get arrested. I get arrested eventually. Um, it was um, May 6th, 1992. Now, that was the fourth day after the fucking, they burnt LA down. Right. Three or four days after Rodney King, I guess, the not guilty trial must have Yeah, yeah, not guilty. Not guilty verdict came yeah, out. That was, yeah, and they were burning the city down, they burned New York City down, they burned breaking everything up. Right. This whole thing, this is sometime in, let's say, March. He was actually under investigation from January, which I didn't know. I come into the picture sometime in March. I go away to the Cayman Islands, I come back from the Cayman Islands and I want to set up a little bit of an organization where I don't have to do any more work. Just put my money up, let my Dominican friends sell cocaine, and I'm just a part of the business. We end up pooling our money together. We but you're it. still a police officer. Of course. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Yeah, it just, was the no, given. I, yeah, yeah. I was like, I told you, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm getting out one of three ways <laughs> arrested, <clears throat> injured, or retired. One of the three. So, so I set up this organization where I don't have to do, just put the money up. So, and it was a, it was a difficult time. It was around Easter and the price of cocaine doubled. It went from 17.5 to 35,000 a kilo. So <clears throat> our numbers kept moving. And so at this point, I didn't want to lay out all of the money. So I encouraged Kenny to come. Kenny goes ahead and he calls up three of the guys from the 73rd precinct and tells them to meet him to, 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 to put the money. So now there's three cops from the 73rd precinct his cousin and two of his are putting up money to invest in cocaine in cocaine business yeah. of course yeah of course and then you have Kenny so you have three cops in the seven three Kenny myself and my partner I couldn't leave my partner out I didn't need him but I you know he's, he's my partner if I'm gonna be making moves he's got to get a piece of something right so so now there's five of us involved in this fucking kilo distribution ring right <clears throat> and some other cop gets arrested for steroids anyway so we had this whole thing set up it's working like a clock First week we put fifty four thousand back in our pockets, which, which um, each no, so, so thirty five was the investment. Okay, we got back fifty four thousand. Okay, so the next week it would be thirty five and get something similar. But I was getting, I was a little annoyed. I wanted it to be more. I wanted to double the fucking money. I want seventy thousand. So the next week it's going to be seventy thousand, not fifty four. That's bullshit. So, I mean. Right. I mean, you're fucking selling twenty kilos a, a fucking day. I'm, I got to, you know, I want, I want two. Yeah. So you're flipping yours. I'm, I want mine flipped along. The, so this is the truth. This is the way it is, right? Right. Why should I get double, double my money? I gave you thirty five. I want seventy. 
Can we do this? The answer was yes. So don't give me 54. So next week, anyway, next week doesn't come, by the way. So in the interim, Kenny's got to pick up a piece for himself to sell. So now he's got this machine going that I set up, and he's got to pick up a piece. So I got to pick up, a, uh, I don't know, half a kilo or something from somebody in Brooklyn and in the patrol car. I meet him at work. The guy jumps in the back of the patrol car, and now they, they got me on film. And I'm knowing it. I'm knowing something's wrong. And I'm like, I'm looking up. There's a there's a there's an apartment building upstairs, and there's a building over here, a, a, a rectory, a church rectory, and, and I see, like, it looks like there's cameras in these windows. <laughs> Is this possible? You know, like when you know, but you say no, it's not really happening. No, you feel un- you still feel untouchable. Yeah, there's no it's, way. It's, that- it's not the camera on me. The camera's on somebody else right now. Two cameras, one there, one there. And it's funny because in the model commission hearings that was where I testified, they right. show it. Right. They show those angles from cameras of me getting in and out of a patrol car and the and the guy jumping in the back of the patrol car as I drive off. And the funny thing was, he would normally just hand me the shit. I go, keep it low. Like, here I am saying, keep it low. There's, there's, because I know. Yeah. Like, you know when you know and there's just nothing you can do. Like, you handed the fucking paperwork in for your fucking fraud, and this could be the last one. Yeah. And you're knowing it. Like, like, like I'm knowing something's wrong. And so I keep, keep that thing low. So he hands it, like the seat's break in the middle. He hands it through me in the seat. And I, just, and, I, and I was so careful to keep it low that the cameras couldn't see it. And, of course, we're driving, so the cameras are not, they're stationary. Right. I mean, think about what I'm telling you. I know I'm being filmed. In uniform, receiving kilos from a guy that's a Colombian in the in a, and I just take it and I, uh, it was good stuff. It sucked, but it was better than nothing. And and that and and the price was a premium. I get the shit. I drive around the block. I meet Kenny. I give it to Kenny, and there's a car parked behind Kenny, and I see the car. Kenny doesn't see it. I see it. He goes home with the fucking package. I do patrol, and I don't get called. Like, the whole time, I, there's, there's no radio runs for me. For two days now, there's been no radio runs for me. So I've been, I, like, I'm on patrol, and there's no calls for my sector for two days. Does that ever happen before? Never, no, never, never happened. Not even before. a day. No, no. And I was in. By the way, I'm, I'm in a, a less busy place now. Right. I've gone to rehab, and now I, instead of going back to the seven five, I'm now in the nine four precinct, which is heaven. Anyway, heaven for patrol work. Like, right. Oh my god, the cat in the fucking tree type thing, you know? Or the drunk Polish guy, but in the wrong house. They go to the wrong house. And it's, just, it's the same house, but it's on the wrong block. You know, they were block off, and that's that's my night. You know, so. And I'm and no calls, and then all of a sudden we get a call. So what am I? Nine four Henry, nine four Henry, yeah. uh, ten two. I was like, hmm, ten two. Why would why would they call us back to the precinct? And I look at my partner. I mean, we've done nothing wrong here today. <laughs> we've done nothing wrong here today. You know, I, I maybe dropped half a kilo. What? No one's business. You right. know, you didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. We're good. So I drive back to the precinct, but I go the wrong way on a one-way street to the precinct, which is the first time I ever did this. I just, but it's just by accident? No, I, something's not right. 
<laughs> I'm driving to my maker right now, and I'm like, something's not right. And I see this car to my as I'm pulling up to the precinct. Now the car's facing the trash one way. The car's facing this way, and I'm pulling up this way. And I look, and there's two guys sitting in the front seat of the car, plain clothes. I'm like, ah, that's a little odd, huh? <laughs> so I pull in. I just had just had gotten two big gulps filled with vodka and seven up. Absolute <clears throat> big ones like this. Took a big hit off of one. I did a couple of bumps. Was doing good, right? Get out of the car. I walk into the precinct and I hear footsteps behind me. And I'm like, I'm like, don't turn around. This can't be good. <laughs> this just can't be good news. So I, it's like I know I'm walking in to the end. Yeah. But you, but you know. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing you can do. It's o- if it's over, do. it's over. It's happening. There's no there's no move you can make during this process that no, changes except anything. except get back in the patrol car and drive to Pennsylvania, maybe. Right. Or Canada. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. So I'm like, okay. So I walk up to the desk and I go, what's up, Sarge? You said 10-2. And the guy, the sergeant at the desk is like mortified. He goes, go to the captain. He wants to speak to you. Set up. This is a setup. He knows he's setting me up. He just doesn't know what to do. No, there's, no, well, there's nothing. Well, there's nothing. He's following orders. So he points. We turn around to go to the captain's office, and up comes these two detectives from Internal Affairs with their trench coats on and their fucking badges. Uh, this is the lieutenant so and so. Blah blah blah. Uh, we're, we're taking you for a, a, a department ordered drug test. I'm like, that's all. <laughs> this is perfect. My career ends here. Right. It's over. I'm going to go downstairs and change. Put my shit on, my, my, my civilian clothes, go take the piss test, fail, and go home. Didn't work out. Yeah. It didn't work out that way. But, so I'm getting dressed downstairs. Now that they've ordered us downstairs, this is, an, the scene is insane. I'm downstairs trying to get dressed, and the cop, Plainclothes detective is almost humping me. He's so close. I can't move. I'm trying to. I go. <laughs> can I? Am I under arrest? I know something's wrong here. Am I under arrest? He goes, No, why would you say that? I said, Because you're so close to me. I can't even. I couldn't bend my knee to take my pants off to put my civilian clothes on. So he goes, No. So, so I go, Well, would you back up? Because now I'm getting pissed. Would you back up? So he goes like this. <laughs> so he went from here to here. He gave me like an inch more room. Holy fuck, this is serious. Because he's like, he's on my shit. So now in my pants right. is the cocaine. That, you know, goes on the right Some home. cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five grams, whatever. Yeah, not the kilo. No, no, that's what he's given to Kenny. He's yeah. got that on the island. I'm trying to get dressed. Can't get dressed. Now I go to him. Now... Now, you know something's wrong. When I know, I go to him, you think I should take my off-duty service revolver, my off-duty revolver, or leave it? He goes, ah, you can leave it there. You can come back and get it later. He says to me, so, wow. Might be all right. I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back. Get outside, get in the patrol, back in the plainclothes car, and I'm saying, I got to get rid of this cocaine on me. So I'm like, how am I going to do this? So I... I go, uh, I look I look at, there's no handles. <laughs> there's no handles and no windows on the fucking door. So I can't even, I can't open a window and I can't open the door. So I go, and I turn around and I look at them and I go, I don't know what this is about, 
But one thing I want you guys to know is my partner has nothing to do with it. Whatever this is, my partner has nothing to do with it. I want to exculpate this kid because I feel bad. I, I, I was, he followed me, you know? And I love the guy. And he's my god, he's the godfather of my kid. And if, I'm, if I go down, at least someone can survive this, right? Not, but anyway, don't you worry about him. He's got his own things. To, now, he's already been arrested for murder and beat the charge, okay? So that's why we're together. Because no one will work with him and no one will work with me. So this is so much I skipped to get to this point. Yeah. So now we're, 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 in, we're in the back of, so how am I gonna get rid of this fucking cocaine? Because God forbid I do get pinched. I might get pinched here, right? So, but God forbid. So you're gonna fail the piss test anyway oh, for cocaine. Yeah, it's, it's gonna fucking light up the fucking, <laughs> it's gonna light it up. I just took a bump a couple minutes ago. So it's good. Yeah. I, and, and yesterday and the day before, it's good. So I go, I'm gonna smoke a cigarette. They go, okay, yeah, no problem. I smoked that cigarette, and then I smoked another one right behind it. You couldn't, there was a layer of fog inside the fucking car. You guys, can you open a window? I want them to open the fucking right. window. I mean, this is like a 15 minute drive from there to, the, to, to Jamaica where we're gonna go take the piss test. They didn't open the fucking window once, so I said, okay, no problem. When I get out in Jamaica, or well, Jackson Heights is where the, uh, Lefrak City. I was, well, I'm going over Lefrak City where the police has their medical office. I mean, you gotta understand, Police medical office, okay? Like, they have their own medical division, okay? It's like fucking, because there's 35,000 cops. They have a that medical division. They have two floors of, a, of, a, of an office, four floors of an office building with like 700 offices in it. This is just, it's, it's, it's massive. Massive. It's a yeah. massive bureaucracy. And um, so I, I get out of the car and right there, like, and I turn around and there's a phalanx, a phalanx of brass. If you know what brass means, the guys with the brass on their fucking hats and lieutenants, the cur- yeah, yeah, all the all the bosses, phalanx of them, all the way from the street, and it's about 40, 50 feet from the street to the entranceway door. Then there's the entranceway phalanx. There's the hallway phalanx, and the fucking button opens up on the elevator. And there's a I look up. There's a guy with more scrambled eggs on his fucking hat than I've ever seen in my career because he was a chief. The chief was standing in front of me, and a, and, a, and a deputy inspector. Both of them's like this, and they just they, I just got on the elevator and I turned around and I was standing between them. I I don't know who, who they are. And then the guys that that brought me in. Went up with the, so there was four of us in the elevator. Open up the elevator on the 16th floor, I think it was, and sure enough, another half a dozen scrambled eggs on each side, flanking me into. Did this. you did you realize at this point this is for you, or are you still thinking this is just coincidence? Is it so over is it overwhelmingly obvious this is here for me? This is they're doing I this. I don't want to. I don't. I, I don't. I, it, it hasn't to, hit me yet. Oh, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> you just think this is weird. This is weird. Yeah. Because I don't know. This, I don't know that there's six cops getting arrested. Right. And that there's been an ongoing investigation. Well, you knew there was an investigation. Yeah, yeah, but kind of, but you didn't realize they've it was been this. They've investigating me for five mass, years. You didn't realize it was this. H- massive. How long were they investigating you, right? Forever. Right. Right. So for five years, I've been dealing with this shit. It's no big deal. Right. <laughs> this is fake. This is fake. This. 147 cops right. from Internal Affairs are on my case. And I think I'm seeing shadows. I think it's paranoia. But it's not, it's real. But I'm thinking I'm crazy. So now they're all in uniform, phalanx in this place, they open up the door and there's this lieutenant who's been after me for fucking four years. Because he tried to fucking piss test me out four years ago, or five years ago, whatever the fuck it was. 
And he's standing there with this grin on his face, and he goes, Okay, Dad, I got you here. He's a whole, with an H, I forget his fucking name. I'm going to fucking smack him. Anyway, because he's a prick. He yells at me one time, Get in here now. I says, What do you mean, get in here now? I'm sick. He I was on sick leave. He goes, I'm Lieutenant so and so in charge of health services. And I, and he goes like this. And I'm ordering this officer, like he pulls the phone away, and I'm ordering this officer to get in here uh, today by noon, and he's saying he's sick. I know you're sick, officer. I'm telling you to get, like you can tell him, I'm telling you to get in here now. He's like, could you imagine, like, can you imagine this guy? To, Dude, all right, I'm on my fucking way. I get there, and they bring me into psych services, and I ended up going away to the farm for two years. But anyway, so he's there now, and he's got me. He's got to get me to piss, because they tried to do it to me before, but I fucking beat them. See, so I beat them, and I can't beat this. So I'm about to piss. I'm, I, I think I'm going to piss and go home. <laughs> so I take the piss, and I go, like, I'm drunk now, because they're fucking drunk. Now the drink is hitting me, right? And I'm realizing, ah, it's just going to be over. It's good. Like I can go home. I can go home and just cavilch with the family and say, "What am I going to do now with the rest of my life?" So here I am. The guys finally got me to take the piss test. I piss in his cup. I'm like, I'm happy. It's over. You know, we'll see you tomorrow. You know, have a nice night. And I turn around and it goes and in walks these two other guys into this small cubicle area. And he goes, "Suffolk County detectives." And I go, "Oh, you doing? What's up? You're under arrest for conspiracy to distribute narcotics." I go, "Oh, okay." Officers do say the the nerve of you. I mean, right. like so. So one of the things is you know the newspaper account is, and he just you know turn around matter of factly. What do do? Kick and scream and say go fuck yourselves. I mean, you know, it's like put my hands on my back. They put the cuffs on me. So now they go to search my pockets. Right. And I got that cocaine in my pocket that I couldn't get rid of yet. Fucking the fourteen times I tried to move it out, and the guy goes, oh. Yeah, I got a little problem. What do you? I go. I got a little bit of a problem. What? Do you, what else? What? You know. So right. what? You know. So. Uh, so. Ta ta da. So back in the patrol car, they're taking me out to Suffolk County because that's where they're booking me. See, the whole thing here is the city's pissed off, right? Because they didn't get their guy. The out of jurisdiction got the guy. Right. You're not because you're not. You don't. You're not. You're at the. You're in the city. You're not at Suffolk I'm County. Not a Suffolk County police officer or anything. <clears throat> and they. They've had me under investigation for five years, and they couldn't put a pinch on me. But Suffolk County has an investigation for three months, and they got me, you know, because they got me because Kenny. Well, because of Kenny. Well, because of the right. wires. What Kenny didn't give me up. It yeah, was, it was wires that got me, and then Kenny on bail puts a wire on, and then he gets me. People don't know. People don't know how the story actually breaks out, but that's how it breaks out. So anyway, so <clears throat> telling the story is 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 exhausting, you know. Um, <laughs> And how much should we skip when we tell these stories, right? Like 80% right. or, or more of it, right? In fact, I'm, I'm working on uh, <clears throat> getting a screenplay done now because they can't get it down. Uh, they've been working on it for five years, a screenplay, to do a movie, a remake movie for, of the 7-5 documentary, and they just can't get it. So I've been through the mill with all kinds of involvement with different people in, in uh, Hollywood. Right. <clears throat> uh, Frank Scott, who did Get Shorty. I, I, don't, I never saw it. Um, you never saw Get Shorty? No, I never saw it. Yeah. yeah the guy John who, Travolta? It's a great movie. Yeah, the guy who wrote that uh, was supposed to do it. Then it was well, well, Scott Gillespie, a guy named Gillespie, who did I, Tanya. I don't know, I, Tanya movie with, with the, the, the ice skater girl. The ice skater. Oh, I, oh, t- oh I, like Tanya. Tanya for Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding, yeah. Okay. Well, wait, real quick. You, How much time did you get? 
I got 14, well, so I ended up getting a 14, 168 month sentence. Right. Okay. Yeah, 14 years. And then you went to you went to prison, obviously. Yeah, I went Where'd to prison. I, I, I started out in, well, I did MCC for two years waiting to be sentenced. I, when you got grabbed, the first, did you ever get out on bond? No. From Suffolk County, I did. Right. But then when I was out and they set me up to the feds, no bond. Yeah. I, I mean, I could have tried to get bond, but my lawyer's like, dude, you're gonna do some time, so you might as well start now. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. You yeah, know? No, that's true. All right, you know. <clears throat> either, I mean, unless either, you're mounting, there's no reason to be out unless you're mounting a defense, like you're trying to go to trial, well, but you can't Well, so, 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 so to be fair, I was gonna go to trial because the first plea offer was 24 to 30 years, and you know what that's like, you know? I'm like, who the fuck did I kill? Right. You know, so, so knowing that I was gonna do some time, I, you know, I was shocked to see their first plea. Uh, they don't call them offers; they call them agreements. Like the plea, the first plea right. agreement was for, for thirty years. And I said, "I fucking doing. I'm going. Might as well go to trial. Might as well try. Might as well go to trial. So, so that's what was my approach for the first uh, six months or so. And then uh, they they knocked it down to like twenty four, and then they knocked it down to seventeen. And I still said, you know what? I ain't doing seventeen years without going to trial for it. Fuck it. So. I pushed it and pushed it. It probably lasted a little over a year, and then the Mullen Commission people came to me and said, we'll write a letter to your judge for you if you help us. And so I turned them down twice, and the third time they came to me was shortly after they said I did nine murders in the ghetto. And I'm like, okay, well, this is the newspaper. You know, and, and still, you know. What, what just bullshit? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I know it's bullshit, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying, what? where did they come up with yeah, that? Just, Somebody said something. They, that, they're looking for, there's nine murders that they can't figure out around this period of time when I had a brand new nine millimeter gun. And they were all nine millimeter murders. I mean, the ghetto, everybody gets killed with a nine millimeter. Right. But anyway, so they were investigating me and my partner for nine murders, specifically me, I guess, because Kenny's like a good guy. And um, so, it was all the news. I'm like, oh, listen, I didn't do any fucking murders. And, oh, by the way, uh, Mullen Commission called again today and, and, and asking if you could please uh, you know, cooperate with them. And they'll, they'll what were like, they investigating? That, what was that, would, that they, commission their, investigating? Their task was to investigate corruption, corruption. Okay. in the city. And basically, systematic like mine was, whatever. And um, <clears throat> so I drew them a roadmap. I showed them how to do it. They arrested the whole 30th precinct. They called it the, the Dirty 30. They arrested the whole night shift, which is 30 guys on the 30th precinct. Uh, they were all in the cahoots. I, I don't know anybody. I didn't right. know anybody. But I showed them how to catch me. Right. Like, something like you might have done to show yeah, yeah, what the, which company. The ethics and fraud thing. Right. Like, look, Same thing. So I showed them how to catch me. I said, you don't put a sign, look over here for cash. You know, dude, you got to make, the cops got to be a little more like surprised or, or industrious. Don't make it, don't put a sign, check under fucking ice cubes for cash. Yeah. They're going to check. You don't need to tell them, you know, so don't make it so obvious. So anyway, so I gave him a few pointers like that and, and I told him how and how I would, how I would do, how I would see a scene and how I would assess it and how I would know I wasn't being set up. So they did what I told them. And they got the whole 30th precinct. They got a couple of the bunch mm. of guys. So now when I went to get sentenced, they wrote a letter to the judge saying that I was honest and helpful. That's right. all they would say. Right. Was know? this sentence in the state or the feds? feds. I never got sentenced in the state because they they subsume, consumed the uh, superseding indictment. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. made it all one to right. so make it a RICO case. So I was, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so I got the RICO. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, 
Yeah. So okay. I, I got a RICO indictment uh, and I pled guilty to it. So I faced zero to life, faced t- 10 to life right. at, at my sentencing. And uh, did the U.S. Did US attorney um, recommend that you get the low end of the guidelines no, or anything? No, 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 no. Oh, he's no, no. He was against him. everything. He was sort okay, of like okay. what you had to deal with when you were through. Like there was no friend in that courtroom except for the letter <clears throat> and the judge witnessed my testimony. <clears throat> and even partly, partly to my dis- dismay is some of my sentence, like some of the testimony wasn't very wasn't very good, you know. Like I stole money from some some girl, like three hundred bucks under the Bible. The money, the mother hid the money under the Bible. I asked right. the kid, "Is there any hidden hidden money in the house that they might have right. robbed?" Right. And she goes, "Well, she's on the phone, mom." Yeah, I remember. She goes, "She check under the Bible." <laughs> so I found yeah. it. You know, he I, them and he goes, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Looks like it. the burglars got it. Yeah, they got it. Imagine that. So you know, and that's a real shitty thing to do, you know. Right. But part of my justification. Well, we all do shitty things. Yeah. Part of the justification was. Yeah, listen, you don't have to explain to me. <laughs> I know that. But, but, you know, people, that they hear that, like, how the fuck can you yeah. do that? Well, you know, I got a partner next to me that's, that's threatening me right now. He's like, you fucking set me up. The last job, there was $11,000 in cash. You fucking missed it. You had it in your hand. I said, take it easy, dude. I'm not looking for someone's fucking savings. I'm looking for bags of cash like this. Right, I'm right. not looking Some drug for dealers. a fucking, yeah. I'm not looking for a knot of $11,000 that someone saved. That's, that's a lot of fucking, that's a lot of fucking money. I said, no, it isn't. Not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for 30, 40, 50 grand in 20s. Not someone's little life savings stack. Right. So anyway, so long story short, I ended up, the next chance I could to get some money, I did. You know, it was a couple, three, four hundred dollars, whatever we took from under the girl's Bible, which was horrible. Right. And, and for, for what I'm saying is, when I got sentenced, the judge said, "You know, Mister, you know, all the things you were very helpful, but you know, but you know, taking that three hundred dollars from the fucking Bible with the girl, you know, was not a very." Uh, I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna say." You know, she, right. She was she was letting it known that she was aware of that. You know. Yeah, yeah. That being said, they said you were very helpful. I was gonna give you a sentence to the top end of your guidelines, which would have been 15 and a half years. She said, instead, I'm not gonna give you, I'm gonna give you right in the middle, which was 168 months. So so essentially, she says the model commission helped me. I'll take her at her word. She could have given me more because they wanted to give me more. Right. You know, I'm, I'm sure they they probably would have given me more if I didn't uh, testify with the model commission. Yeah, but I gave them a hard time in being because I said to them, you, you, you don't give a fuck about me or anybody else. I said, you're going to have a bunch of cops kill themselves. After, if I testify for a model commission, a bunch of cops are going to, and sure enough, 17 cops, I think, or eight or 12 cops killed themselves right after I testified for the model commission. So she gave me 168 months, right in the middle of the guidelines, she said, because of she felt that, the, that I was instrumental in helping the New York City Police Department create... Uh, the changes that they needed to make the improvements that they desired. So right. it was positive in, in the end, you know. But it wasn't something that came easy because I was not too because I was concerned that they, they didn't give a fuck about people killing themselves, you know. And and, and they didn't. And no. they they plain out said to me, "We don't care." I said, well, "What about their families? Their wives? Their children?" And, and the response was, "That's too bad." Like that's yeah, I don't know. Know. it doesn't yeah. enter into the it's. it's yeah. You know, and yeah, it's just like, it, it, no, it's no, the, no, yeah. no, nobody. They're, they're loses. expendable too. Listen, the the U.S. attorneys and and I've seen these guys left and right. Like you got some low level crack dealer who gets fifteen or twenty or twenty five years or thirty years. Right, right. I knew a kid that was nineteen years old, home sitting on his couch. His brother comes in. You know what a reverse sting is. Right, right. Comes in and says, "Bro." I need you. We had a guy that was going to drive the car. He's not going to drive the car. The kid's never been in trouble right. before. Says, um, we need you to drive the car. Right. And he goes, 
for what? And he's like, we know a stash house. There's money in the stash house. We're going to go, or money and drugs. We're going to rob the stash right. house. Right. And he's like, bro, all you got to do is drive the car. Right. We're going to run out. We're yeah. going to come back you're in. Doing it's, it's here. Yeah. And he's like, you're doing, you're, it's nothing. You're not even involved. Right. Like, and he's like, so he's, come on, man. I need you. I need you. He's like, okay, okay. So he goes, oh, you know, we're going to give you a couple hundred bucks. Right. Okay. So he jumps in the car. He drives. The two guys, the, the brother and the other guy, jump out of the car to go in. They don't even get in the stash house. The cars pull up, yeah. run out, you know, get on the ground, right. get on the ground, get right. on the ground. He doesn't even realize, the kid is so scared, he doesn't even realize, he goes, I don't even know it's DEA. Right. He said, I think we're being robbed. He said, they start shooting. I duck down, I hit the fucking gas. He drives forward, um, hits another car. Then he they start shooting at the car. He jumps out and runs from the car his brother has already been shot and killed, by the way. So oh, they Jesus. killed his brother. His brother, of course, pulled out. They pulled out oh, guns. Oh, they they got out? shot. Okay. Yep, they got shot. The kid starts running. They shoot the kid, the 19-year-old kid, blow his, from his knee, his, from his leg, from the knee, clean off. That's huh. gone. Wow. He hits the fucking ground. Um, well, he loses the leg, or half the leg. He ends up getting sentenced for his brother's murder. Right. Because you know how it right. works. Yeah. Doesn't matter that you, someone dies, you're you charged with right. murder. Three yeah. of us were gonna, you know. So he's like, I was just driving the car. No, you were. You're a conspiracy yeah. to break in. It was a reverse thing. There was never any money in the drug right. house. It was just setting up the brother. Brother right. brings him. Kid's never been in trouble. He pled guilty. He got thirty years because mm-hmm. he was going to get life right. because of the murder. Because of the murder. Murder that I didn't. Right. You, you killed him. Shot Doesn't him. matter. You knew they had guns. Yeah. You knew what was going on. Right. He gets thirty years, and I guarantee that that kid probably. Had they not presented him with that, he would have never probably ever done anything. He did. He was just driving. And I'm telling you right now, that U.S. attorney slept like a baby that night. Okay, like, fuck. you could have given that kid yeah. five or ten years. I'm not saying you shouldn't have gone to prison. You can make your point. To make right, your point. right. But that's yeah. it. It's over. Yeah, these guys. Now are, the taxpayers they're, they're, have to pay for this. These are heartless. They're heartless people. They really so, are. They really are. But I mean, and that's just, you know, you know that. It's over and over and over again. And, listen, and they don't. Listen, I want, you know, I hate to be political because I, my politics, may, you may not. I mean, they go after this guy, Roger Stone, because he, because he, because they don't like him. I mean, they're after him again. I mean, yeah, yeah. They're after him again. Yeah, I saw that documentary. They were after too. him again. He's great. He's I love him because he's crazy. Yeah, he's odd. He's oddball. Yeah, I, I. That's what makes this world go round. People like him. Yeah. Now I'm not saying you can agree with him or disagree with him, but there's no reason. They, they got 28 fucking guys going after a guy because he fucking. Because what, he, he signed his name wrong on a form. Yeah. I mean. They're uh, they're all over him. I, I was you know I also wanted to mention that it's funny because I whenever I say anything about the U.S. attorney, look, let's face it, ninety nine percent of the inmates they're guilty. They're guilty. You know the the the, the sentences are just draconian. Yeah, they're outrageous. It's, it's, yeah. They're in, insane. Fucking long sentences. Well, they're designed to make people cooperate. Right. Of course, that's the reason. But if if you if you're the last guy on the totem pole, you're just done. You're done. You got nothing. Yeah. So. Well, you know, the thing, you know, and look, let's face it, most of you've been to prison. You don't want, I don't want to live in the neighborhood with these guys. No. Like, these no. are not nice guys. No, no. M- most, yeah, yeah. But, but, but you see, I mean, the murders are the nicest guys in the joint. Yeah. Normally. They are. Yeah. And they have the lowest recidivism rate. That's, and recidivism yeah. as far as once they get out, like, yeah. they never kill anybody. Yeah. Else. Very seldomly does somebody yeah. get out and kill somebody again. No. 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 Stone cold killers. No. Yeah, but that's, that's a far and few in between. Most yeah. guys, it's an accident or they did kill somebody. I thought, right. But they're not, you know. Yeah. But, mo- but most, most of, it, most of the guys involved in the drug, this is the, so horrible. The drug trade brings violence, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, yeah, he's a great guy. 
but you know, yesterday yeah. he killed three people. I mean, you know, but meanwhile he's making love to and, and he's raising kids. Right? Yeah. He's loving this woman uh, or three of them, and he's and, he, and he's raising kids. So I mean, it all it all is a perspective, you know. He was a great daddy. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> just um, not a good just not a good business guy. <laughs> So right now there's a documentary. You kept right. ref, you referred to it as a, a movie a few times, but it's right. a documentary. Right, correct. That yeah. you're hoping gets turned into right. So, a so movie. So right now Ben Stiller has uh, the been added on to be the director. So it's 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 this is this is now five years in the making. Okay, right. So it's gone through several. It's gone through several like Gillespie who directed Itania. I think anyway, and another two or three directors have had it, and now Ben Stiller is has it. Uh, him and, uh, and 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 a few people, it's it's I, I, they can't get they can't get the story right right for film. I got the story for film because I know. I mean, just picture the scene of all these fucking scrambled eggs, it's like fucking blind. Uh, the day I got arrested, and that's you can start in the beginning or the end or the middle. That could be the middle of the movie because the beginning of my movie is when I come home from prison. That's fucking heavy, right? I mean, think about the day you got released. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to give you a scenario, and we'll end on this because there's so much we can talk about. The coming home from prison, right? So yeah, we'll, yeah. End, we'll end on this. I come home from prison with much to do, by the way. Newspapers, all this other shit, you know, bullshit. What year? 1990, no, 2004. April, I think, 2004. You think I'd remember the date, but I don't. I think it was April 13th, but I'm not sure. Right. So... Because I, that was the only day I slept. That was the that was the, I shouldn't say only. I slept every day, but the first day I overslept in my entire prison fucking time was the last day. They had to wake me up. Like they knocked up. They want your shit. Yeah. <laughs> the guys are waiting for your shit. They want your sweatpants, your sneakers, your cups, your fucking not, you know. All yeah, the, you give away your you, stuff. You you I don't. Stuff. I don't need my prison sweatpants yeah, and, my, yeah, and my sandals. Yeah, yeah you need. That. You take. You give it out on the way out. So yeah. So. And they had to wake me up, so so I slept like a fucking log, I guess. And, and so when I when I get home after a couple of days at the halfway house, you get a pass to go see your family. So I had a four hour pass to go see my family. I, and I, so the scene is fucking unreal. I'm going to my parents. I'm now now I'm a man who had four homes, and a condominium on the ocean in Myrtle Beach. I had money out of every pocket, and you know it's, it's a lived right. life. And and here I am, I got nothing, and I look. I'm going to take a shower. I just want to take a shower. I want to take a shower when no one's standing out the door. You know, when no one's waiting for me to get out. You know, I just, I want to get my own little fucking thing. So I look out the window and there's my brother's two kids who I don't even know their fucking names. I don't even know their names. But, I, it, and, and it hit me that the world has passed me by. Oh yeah. It's passed me by. I don't think I belong here. So I go to get in the shower this is fucking, you know, 12 years in prison. I get in the shower and it lets go. I don't know if the fucking tears or the water is wetting me. I'm so fucking, just everything's coming out. I'm crying so hard that I'm saying to myself, you are crying so fucking hard right now. And it just didn't stop. I mean, I don't take, I, Three minute shower. I'm a three minute in and out. Fine, gotta go. Things to do. Twenty minutes in the shower with this fucking water hitting me and tears hitting me. And I'm not sure if it's the tears or the water. And I'm thinking the whole world has changed. And I'm not really ready for this. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to begin. 
I went to prison. I, I was picking up $54,000 the day before I went in, you know. And, uh, was I going to Myrtle Beach or the Bahamas this week or Vegas that week, you know. And here I am. I don't even have money for a sandwich if I let walked out the door. And um, I didn't want to be, I wanted to go back to prison. Oh, absolutely. I wanted I to go back because I didn't even know how to walk across the street. I didn't know how to cross the street. It was fucking, I was like, and then with the fucking press following me, I didn't want to fucking, like when the hand goes up to walk across the street, you stop, go, walk. I didn't want to break the fucking rules. But not because I could give a fuck about walking across the street illegally, but these motherfuckers take a picture. I pushed out, breaking the rules already. I mean, this is, yeah. This is anyway. So that's how I lived it. But we've come a long way right now. Uh, I'm still working on my book, which is forever. I've probably written four times now. Different people I had writers come on, legit writers, guys that have four or five books. I don't know what happened. They had treatments together. Then they say, "Well, oh, that story's been told." Really? You told my fucking story? Who told my story? They don't, you know. So yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what's going on. And then uh, so. Yeah, a lot of stops and starts, and you know, you know. Yeah, it takes forever. It takes a long time, and, and and there's no one really reaching out, you know. No one's like looking to help you. you yeah. Know? I lost a job making a hundred thousand dollars a year because this documentary came out about my life. So it's been a lot of stops and starts, but the but the good thing about it is, overall, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. You know, yeah. life is good. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, you heard me say that. Like, I I hear people complain all the time, and and I'm yeah. like, what? Are you amazing yeah. out here. Yeah. I just all I have to do is remember laying in my bed, my my bunk right. in prison. Right. Anytime I get start to feel stressed out or upset about something, I immediately just go, "What are you doing, bro? Right. You lived out of a a, 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 a a three foot by eighteen inch by twenty foot tuna. or twenty inch With locker. Cans of tuna, you were fucking big right, dog. right, <laughs> exactly. Like this is good like yeah. it and the worst day out here is okay. better than the best day in prison. it's all good yeah it's okay. I, 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 yeah. I lived in someone's spare room for over a year right. an ex-girlfriend an ex-girlfriend's spare room with That's her two kids and, right her, and her husband i live in my ex-girlfriend's house and, right now you and know. she don't want to get rid of me yeah because i'm i'm good to her yeah i'm not there's nothing intimate yeah yeah We're, you know my girlfriend and her are friends my girlfriend comes from canada she flies in she stays at my girlfriend's house with me yeah and right now we're in Clearwater, staying in a condo. Yeah, so. my new girl, my, my my chick Jess would stay in the spare room with me at my ex girlfriend's house. Not that there's anything there, but yeah, right. yeah she Stacy loves me. I help take out the garbage. Yeah. I put up shelves. I change light bulbs. I do whatever. She's got a guy around her, she trusts, and her husband loves me because I put up the light bulbs. I change <laughs> yeah, the shelves. Yeah. I, oh, the groceries. Where's yeah. Matt? Yeah, yeah, right. Ask right. I'm watching this, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So it works. Yeah, but it's it's so good out Keep here. Keep my bills small now, yeah. and it's funny. Like dead broke now. Yeah. Like most of the time, I barely making my bills every month. Never been happier. Yeah. Didn't realize how unhappy I was with money. Chasing it. Until I had no yeah. money. Exactly. And exactly. realized this is good. Yeah. This is a good life. Yeah, I keep my shit small. I stay within my means. You yeah. know? I don't need to go to the Bahamas this weekend. I'd like to. If yeah. someone wants to send me a fucking ticket. Yeah. Go right it's, ahead. Listen, you know? it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> Otherwise, I, I'm not going. People are like, oh, you don't care about money. No, let's not get crazy yeah, here. No. I'm not an idiot. No, no, no. I want to make money. Oh, yeah. But I know that it does. It, it doesn't really mean that yeah, much. If I never, if I never do better than I'm doing right now, I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I have nothing to complain about. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I'd like more, but I don't really want more or need more. Right. I'm not know? willing to do anything to do anything over the line it's to get necessary. it. Right. It's not necessary. So. Yeah, it's just too. It's too good out here. 
But thanks for having me in. I really appreciate yeah, it. I, yeah, I, I appreciate it. Nice to meet too. you. Uh, your story's interesting as well. Yeah. So, yeah. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I did finish my book, Shark in the Housing Pool. You can buy it on Amazon. Yeah, is it? Okay. Um, yeah, bro, you got to. Yeah. You, you, you should throw me a copy for coming here. I actually will. I'll grab, I'll grab one. Um, all right, so that's it. So if you like the interview, if you like the channel, subscribe, hit the like button, share the video, uh, leave a comment for the algorithm and the I'll Mike see you. The yeah. Mike Dowd. The, the Mike Dowd. Instagram, Twitter, and Mike Dowd or Michael Dowd on Facebook. So say hello, leave a message, yeah. follow. Actually, yeah, and, and I'll put all the, if you send me the links, I'll we'll put all the links in the description too. Good. And that's it. And good luck with uh, getting the movie made. And we're yeah. going to talk yeah. about it. We're going to talk about uh, Larry and uh, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. All right. See you.